All right. He's muted. He's muted. And he has. Oh, my God. We're off and running. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Sorry, Welcome we're getting Dan in order. <laughs> it is another lovely Sunday morning. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, who is now unmuted and ready to talk about games. Joined, as always, on my left or right, depending on how you look at this, is Mr. Dan Rodriguez <laughs> with the Craig shirt today. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. I'm ready to talk some Horizon. Apparently, I don't have. I thought I had a lot of time into it. You guys, I'm, I'm ready to listen. I want to hear yeah. you guys talk about because I haven't been able. Well, these to play, two guys, so. these two guys, they got a lot more than I do. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I don't do anything. If I get a family-appropriate game, we're gonna kick the crap out of it in terms of hours. So we had a lot <laughs> of fun in the last two days. Nice. We'll get to it. And by the way, everyone, Dan is now formally known mm-hmm. as the Puerto Rican. So yeah, that the is, when you refer to him going forward, he is the Puerto Rican. He is Polish, Puerto Rican, a very can we change that rare mix? So yeah. we're that's what we're going God with. Damn it! So what the hell? Joined, joined as always, Mr. <laughs> Ty Guy Travis. What is happening, dude? Ma clunky. Been having a lot of fun this week with a bunch of different games, including Horizon. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, and because I don't have kids, uh, Hogue, I, that's always going to be my advantage over you when it comes to game time. You know. Well, it's but, funny, right? We're going to talk about, I think, a couple of games today. But, like, so Cyberpunk is the people are in bed time. We're getting there. We're getting and, there. And Horizon is, hey, this is okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, the host of Virtual Legality, you know him. Mr. Hogue is here. What's happening? Oh, I'm having a heck of a week. All Horizon related, actually. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what everybody thinks on this and, and whether Dan's still alive. Can you hear me? As usual, yeah. I don't oh, know yeah. what Dan is doing. I, I don't know what's happening. Like, my camera just stopped working. Oh, there we go. I just hit it. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. That's my – it jumped my camera. When you do a clip show of our smoothest openings for 2022, this I think this one has be to be it. right right there. Yeah, uh, this is yeah, top of the list. This is good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to be a little jumpy because I got to use my – apparently this camera just started to stop working. Oh, it's good. This is your OnlyFans camera? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like the grain effect. It gives it a little bit of found footage, Dan. It's great. Whoa. He's, he's, he's both not in performance nor resolution mode. Okay, I was actually going to lead directly <laughs> into it. <laughs> we call that a reverse oh, Horizon up. Zero Dawn right there. He's in Rodriguez mode. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. uh, PS4 presentation. I, I <laughs> no. He's recording okay. this on a 3DS camera. It's right, great. right. Yeah. Oh, what's going on, everyone? Good, uh, good to see everyone in the chat. And uh, looking forward to a good show today. But yes, we have a lot. Well, we don't have a lot to talk about. It was actually a rather quiet week in games, believe it or not. But we did, of course, get the first uh, giant game of the year with Horizon Forbidden West. We'll talk about that. Going to talk a little bit about uh, PlayStation Studios development. Some of the things we're seeing with Horizon and their upcoming games I want to chat with you guys about. Uh, We've got uh, Nintendo closing down some more games. So I want to have a conversation around digital game preservation. And uh, a couple other little things we'll touch on, including uh, Cyberpunk and a Bioshock movie, which I'm interested to hear from you guys about, because I think already Dan and Travis have uh, possibly alternate viewpoints on that, as per typical. So we'll have some fun with that one. But before we get to all that, we, uh, as you listen to this or as you join us, we are actually closing in on 10,000 subscribers. We're just a couple hundred away. So uh, really, you know, a bunch of new faces like we've seen over the past few weeks. If you uh, enjoy us here, enjoy the content and enjoy the uh, the kind of new things we're doing right now, we'd really love for you to sub and check us out on the regular. 
and if of course if you listen to us and listening to this audibly uh first of all apologize for the intro because it was terrible today <laughs> and, and second of all uh just hit us up leave us a review leave us a comment it is super appreciated and we always get back to everyone so thank you for that now i have an on the spot question for you guys today because uh i'm playing a game that i'm going to talk a lot a lot, a lot about next week. So I hope you're prepared. I can't talk mm. about redacted this week. Mm. Um, but what? I where it could be. I don't know. I don't are know. there any games coming out next week? No, I know no, it's no. not Destiny. What other mm. games are coming out? No, what other out? game? Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, I think we'll have to wait. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> by next week. Um, maybe maybe midweek. Uh, anyway, what is your guys' favorite RPG of all time? Didn't we ask this question before? Well, I mean, I, e either way, um, it for me, it kind of depends on how you define RPG, right? We've got a lot of things that use bars and a lot of things that use experience now. Uh, my favorite, I mean, so how much do you want me to lawyer this, right? Like I have a favorite in different genres. So I I, I have a trouble- Just pick one. Pick I have a one. trouble <laughs> looking at my head and saying Final Fantasy VI and Witcher Three are the same type of game, right? Yeah. I mean, so- yeah. But you picked you picked two all time classics, so you're well in, good shape so in general. And then I have Star Control Two out there, which is to me it's an RPG. It's a storytelling, dynamic, narrative driven game with the expansion of power over the course of its running time. But it's not it's not character driven. It's not any of those kinds of things. So I would have to say for me, it's Witcher Three. Good man, good man. That's I knew we choice. got the right man for the for the show for sure. That's right. Good choice. Where you guys at? I think I'm still in in. New Vegas area, you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's still one of the best ones for me, as far as like a pure RPG. As far as stuff mattering, yeah, you know, Dynamism and how you build your character, uh, that that that's kind of a key component to RPGs for me. You know, you can, you know, the min maxing, you know, the the possibilities in that game are really good. You know, I, I really enjoy uh, where where those conversations. You know, you have to have you know a certain part, you know, a certain skill level. You have to have a uh, and, and there's different endings. It's, it's always been my favorite. Um, there's there's a lot. Witcher three and and Final Fantasy six are just amazing games. Um, you know Skyrim and you know it, it's it, there, there there's so many. Dan, yeah, I know you're yeah. rattling off like ten RPGs. I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of them all. Like New yeah, Vegas. You got it. Chrono Trigger in Vegas. Here. I was gonna say New <laughs> Vegas. Thanks. Yeah. I'm a Peggle too. It's me. <laughs> what what if you? Well, what if this was the show where you guys found out I don't know what an RPG is? Like, I was just like, very In fairness, I don't think the gaming industry, I, you know, role playing. Is there a game that you're playing that you don't play your role? Yeah, I know. It's yeah, I know. I, RPG makes no sense as a term, uh, but it's weird. It's like it's like one of those things where uh, I, 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 I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that legal uh, reference. Well, you think of like uh, Final Fantasy VI and Witcher, and like or any Western, like a New Vegas, and they're so wildly different because that's all choice and decision and building your character. Versus, we're going to tell you this narrative. It's going to be Final Fantasy VI. It's going to be Final Fantasy VII. You're going to enjoy it, but for the most part, you're building your characters to work through gates in order for us to tell you yeah. the story that we want to tell. They're they're wildly different game types. I'm sorry, this has been a bugaboo of mine. Yeah, and I I got a I got a shock of my life when I went to. Uh, I went to go cover one of the um, Souls-like games. I think it was Bloodborne. I was covering it, and We're that is RPGs how I. Here. Yeah, but dude, well, this that's... is how this is how I found out that uh, <laughs> the the term JRPG in Japan, uh, uh, they consider the Souls-like genre the new JRPG, 
And okay. I was shocked to discover that. I was like, I had no idea that that was now what, what was considered a JRPG in Japan. Uh, well, and, and I got yeah. that bitmap books, um, like Bible of JRPGs, which is awesome. I mean, I, you know, I'm not getting any back end for that. It's just a great book. Um, <laughs> but they have a section on the Soulsborne games. And I'm like, yep. Huh? They consider them JRPGs <laughs> in Japan. Like it's like it's that to them that's the modern JRPG now is the Souls you, genre. Do you, I was just do like, you not? I mean JRPG. I think we all have a again kind of know it when you see it. We know thing. what it is. That's the thing. Yeah. Like Persona Five, you go okay, yes, that's a JRPG. That's a JRPG. And then, that is a JRPG. Dragon, then, Dragon Quest Eleven, that type of thing. But 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 I, what's funny is they don't think of uh, Persona Five as JRPGs anymore. They think of that as like the the it's like a retro JRPG versus the modern one, which is like a Souls like game. Oh, it's, no. it's crazy. It, like, I'm an orange down in the cloud, like, even in the home of JRPGs. So. Yeah, but isn't, yeah. isn't, isn't, wouldn't a, a JRPG in Japan just be an RPG? <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing they own that, they own that genre and they use okay. it too. Yeah. They use yeah. the term. Like, I, I tend to call our football American football now because just to avoid the comments that I get from the soccer fanatics. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So they yeah, probably I mean, do the same thing. I mean, Souls games are RPGs and they're made in Japan. So. To Dan's point, technically it is a JRPG. But now they own the now they own the name of the genre, which I think a lot of people have a very specific thing in mind when they think of a JRPG and it is not Souls. Yeah, I uh, although you know, I mean like yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. That's interesting. My favorite RPG, uh, because I don't want to be cliche and say the Witcher Three, I'm gonna go with okay. uh Elder Scrolls three Morrowind. Yeah. Oh, the weird one. Cool. The weird yeah. one. I like the, the weird best, one. The best one. I like the weird one. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I bounced off that one pretty hard with the weirdness. I think you have to you have to ingest it. And, and when did and you play it? Uh, I played it whenever it launched on whichever Xbox that was. The original. Oh yeah, yeah. The Xbox experience was rough. Okay, R that's where I played it. And yeah, there were mushrooms it was, it was everywhere, and there were things with long legs, and I'm like, you know, I'm out. Stilt Striders, come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I also that that game is that I also played it on an Xbox, and I think I ended up having to go through like nine copies of the game over the year and deleting my account all the time. And it's it runs super I still poorly. Have my but, copy. Oh my god, but it was so good. I also still have my copy. That's how I played it via backwards compatibility on Xbox. So, yeah, yeah, you can um, yeah it's impossible to play, play right now. now. Even even with mods, it's like impossible to play right now. But it but it's such a good game. Um, yeah so i'll just say that but yeah witcher 3 is probably like realistically my favorite one i just i i loved that game yeah 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 i wanted to uh i wanted to ask that for a, a reason that'll become apparent um oh but but oh. i think uh yeah i think witcher 3 is probably mine uh you guys already said them. witcher 3 final fantasy 6 up there do you consider red dead 2 an rpg uh, no. Even if I did, it wouldn't be in anywhere near the top of my list. Okay, so. calm no. down. Calm You've gone from here down. to here. <laughs> yeah. well, we no matter Red Dead 2 is pretty damn good, but I, I wouldn't call it an RPG, really. It's too okay. linear, man. I don't think there's a video game that's ever been made that has more pacing issues on, than Red, Red Dead Redemption the problem, 2. Oh, come on. Yeah, the problem with, with Red Dead is that your experience, <laughs> my experience, Travis's experience, the generally is going to be the exact same through the story well think of right? every jrpg you've ever played like Hogwarts. Well, that's saying. what i'm saying well that's that's why i like new vegas it's a lot different yeah, no. he, he didn't yeah. vote for final fantasy so i mean i i don't th yeah. i don't but no objection there i don't think but <laughs> well, that's good you know, i mean we don't have to get into red dead you know what we'll save that for my andromeda video whenever you just want to pillar me on oh, whoa, 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 when i go whoa. on vacation or something is, whoa how do we get andromeda and red dead 2 in the same sentence well, andromeda is the second favorite fact that i like andromeda 
Yeah. Oh, you like Andromeda. Remember, we we had we had that moment on the uh, Mass Effect debate where where Good Lord moment. Lord Cognito called him out uh, for his Andromeda love, and then you started distancing yourself from your teammate. That's so right. it was great. It was great That's right. Oh, that's I stand by. It. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into what uh, some currently playing games. But before I do it, we got a super chat from Mister Tal uh, yeah, that man. I would like to put up if the game. Uh, if the chat wants to do it, there I we go. I can see it. Yeah. Uh, Tao, $20 super chat. Man, thank you very much, man. Morning, big casters. Everyone's favorite lawyer with the flair for the theatrics, <laughs> Mr. Seven, and <laughs> boyfriend dungeon stream Dan. Ty Guy Travis, keep up the good fight. And at, what the heck is it? Oh, Fast and Furious leader, our big brother and yours. Ames. Our big brother and yours. It's a cast call reference. Thank you, Tao. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Beautiful, this. man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, really guys. Try to be um, theatrical for the record. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into Horizon as part of a bigger conversation. So before we start talking about Horizon, because I do want to hear from you guys on that, because I only have like 45 minutes in it. Um, what else are you currently playing that we want to talk about? Anything good? My whole week was Cyberpunk and Horizon, depending on whether my kids were around. Yep. <laughs> I am also I am also playing Cyberpunk. So I got about 10 hours into 2077 on Series X when it launched. Yeah. Ran into a bunch of bugs and I went, "Nope. Don't okay. have time for this. Put it down." And uh I started playing when the new thing came up and and getting a very different experience, which I'm sure Hoga's as well. It um, is very different. So very you, different. You, have either of you actually played the whole game and finished? No. Travis, you haven't, Hoga. I have not. Yeah, I no. fought my way through 70 hours. Back, okay, in, back in the day, I punched myself into space with a bad physics interaction. I fell through the map. I had three hard crashes in the first, I don't know, five hours. It was good. It's good. It doesn't do that anymore, folks. And in, and in reality, it's such an interesting week for video games. It was so wild for them to just drop this uh, this week because it's like, well, that to me is the real launch of Cyberpunk 2077. Like, it feels like it released this week to me. Yeah. Even though sure. I've played through it. It is so we'll talk about it in substance. I know it's on the agenda, but it is so much better and more polished. I still have issues with the design. We can talk about it if you want, um, but it, it's it released this week in all in all honesty. Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel as well. Yeah. And and it and it shows like if they had spent this extra year doing this, I feel like that game would have had a completely different uh, role in the lexicon of video games. Uh, it's It's really sad. It's devastating. The other game I have to talk about that I've been playing this week is Crossfire X, which we don't have to talk about it long. <laughs> but I, that. I did play a lot of that game. So yeah. I, I am curious to go back to Cyberpunk. So I put 135 hours or so in at launch. Um, and I, you know, I, I did have some bugs and, you know, some stuff here and there. Nothing terrible. Um, but that, that game is incredible. Uh, and I adore it. And I, I am very excited to get back to it. I loaded it up for like five minutes just to see it. Obviously far smoother now, but... I think the coolest thing about this update, well, yeah, we'll get to that, but I'm I'm interested to hear Travis once you get through kind of the whole game and the whole experience over time, however long with everything going on that takes you. Um, I, I I'll say this, like the there were so many problems the first time I played it. Like I I just got destroyed by bugs, like even before yeah. I got to like the opening title screen. And so the uh the situation this time is so vastly different. I'm I'm like enjoying the story a lot more i feel like the first the first time i played it the story barely hit and now it's hitting like really hard and i'm like damn this story is good and and right after playing horizon zero dawn i'm like shocked at how how different it is playing a game who ha that has like a really 
good story. Ooh, now that sounds like an interesting tag. Hasn't been the what? Just a story. I agree with Travis, by the way, that the Series X back in December of 2020, you had to deal with so much and worry about it collapsing and and seeing all these things and uh, and really trying to fight your way through the experience that you're just hanging on with the story. And when you really have trust that the game's not going to just fall in on itself like a black hole, you can focus more on what it's actually telling you. And it's good. Now, it's good Travis, so far. Act one's yeah. the strongest part of the game. Are you talking opinion. about but, Cyber, uh, Cyberpunk has... I, I'm curious to see you go through it, Travis. There's some side stories in that game which are incredible, and the main story, especially as you reach the end, of course, is is incredible as well. That game's just fantastic. I'm just saying the beginning, like first 10 hours that I've played this week, like the story has really impressed me. And it's it's crazy because I got farther in the story the first time I played, but I don't, I just yeah. don't remember it really like to Hoke's point. Like it just, it hits different when the game. Yeah, I think it, runs. yeah, definitely. Yeah. It also has one of the latest title drops in gaming. So, you know. That's yeah, that <laughs> that entire thing getting to that title screen is just the prologue. That's only the oh yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm past that. I'm past now, that. You could call it prologue, but they call it act one. So they do, they, they call it act one. Yeah. Nomenclature matters, Ains. <laughs> I, I, I booted it up on the PlayStation this time. I'm gonna tell you something. That dual sense, if I love it or hate it. I the first thing I did, I loaded my 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 save up and I I, I shot Johnny Silverhand's gun. And yeah, I think so. Man, it was like I was like, what the hell was that? It was like a <laughs> double, you know, I was like, this is nuts. And then everything else looks great. Yeah. PlayStation 5 version still doesn't have a lot of people. You know? <laughs> and just for you, Ains, because I know you went through it and did like a big crit build, didn't you? On the yeah. Xbox, they nerfed the hell out of criticals. So be aware. Anybody that's gonna start playing that really build's not. gonna be it's it's gonna be really, really if you're going for that build, it's going to be a different experience than if you did it before, okay. um, because it's it's they you know you can't double up a lot of stuff. You can't you know, and may, maybe it's better that way because there was it is really they really gross builds. Right. Yeah, it really kind of balanced it. I and love the, they rebalance the economy. Like it has a lot more pull into like what you should be doing and 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 the normal kind of RPG loops. Like the first time through Cyberpunk, I could buy everything twenty hours in and be done. Uh, they 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 redid a lot of stuff, and it, I I'm not smart enough to be like well, these are the million things they changed, but it's almost like a redesigned game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, uh, Paul Paul Tassi did a great thread about everything that's changed because he's probably played more cyberpunk than anyone I know. Um, but that's actually what made me want to hop back on when I saw all the different like change. It's not just they fixed the bugs; it's they added stuff and substantially changed the way the game works. Stuff. And I was just like, yeah. this is dope. Like I'm gonna get back in. So yeah. Yeah, I'm one of the developers at CD Projekt Red said um, this is, you know, much closer to the vision we had when launching the game, to your guys' point, right? So if, it feels uh, like if, it. Yeah, if they weren't forced out the door, this is probably what we would have got to release, which is which is cool. So we pretty much covered our cyberpunk topic already. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to it. It's just uh, there's, there's too many other big things to play right now, but I'm definitely going to do a new playthrough this year again and i'll just do a different build i wanted to try something new anyway so here in the crypt build doesn't work the same then all good did you guys see the uh you can get the witcher sword it's one of those hidden kind of collectibles but now it lights up like just like in witcher all the emblems on it light up damn it this is gonna be my fourth playthrough i'm just letting you guys know this is number four (laughs) and it's gonna be yeah horizon needs to hurry up and get done with 
at this point. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wait a minute. Just I... so we're clear, yeah. after the week I've had, am I the Horizon defender on this? Freaking I think no, you I are. Love Horizon. No, I love Horizon. <laughs> yeah. I love it too. I, love it. I mean, I, I, I also cool. love it, but uh, I, I have qualms. Uh, so so do I. I mean, my most popular tweet this week was about how I didn't think it was as polished as I expect from Sony first party. So I've we can heard that from that. a lot of people. I've heard that from I a lot of people. I also didn't think that. And I'm can we just jump into Horizon? Go for it. Well, we're not going to talk about Crossfire X. So I'll talk about it at the sure. end when you ask me what you can read from me. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But yeah, you can. Yeah, go, let's go to Horizon because I want to hear from you guys. That, like I said, I, I, I booted it up just to see it, you know, got it all loaded up in the big edition and. I put the red plates on my PS5 this week. And by the way, I tweeted out a picture of half red, half white as a joke. And I got like hundreds of replies saying it looks amazing. Uh, so I, I don't really know what happened there. But if you did not I do think it looked better than all red. I have to. I can't. I can't lie to you. I, <laughs> it kind of looked like a Harley Quinn kind of thing going on. Someone said Harley Quinn. Everyone else yeah. said it looks like a Pokemon like tribute because it's red and white. And, you know, I, I don't know. It does. I think anyway. it looked ugly. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. I thought it was a joke. Like uh, anyway, um, but anyway, I, I haven't spent a lot of time in it. I just wanted to see it. it. It looks cool so far. Obviously, I want to get into it. I'm looking forward to being able to spend time with it next week. But you guys said you're like I know Hogue about 15 hours, Travis about 20 hours, Dan. I don't know how much, but why yeah, don't probably you, about 10? Who yeah. wants to kick us off with uh, thoughts on how it is so far and how it compares so far to the first one? Horizon Defender, you're up. All right, well, I'll start. That's totally fine. I mean, I think I was on this very show talking about how Horizon Zero Dawn was kind of a middling experience for me story-wise, that it had pacing issues, uh, that it had a lot of side quests that were problematic, that you really had to pound through Meridian because they had 600 people that wanted their chickens found or this their belly scratched or whatever else. Um, and so I, I was okay with it. It was like a seven to me. Obviously, graphically very impressive when it originally released. And then you turn this game on, and there's a couple things that jumped out to me to start with. First of all, it's very interested in onboarding you. So it has a very long linear section to start out with. Then it has whatever the Witcher 3 equivalent is of that, that early area where it's just kind White of a orchard. small area. Yeah. And, and so then you get that. So it's like tutorial one. Then it's here's how an open world will work when we actually let you out. And, and then they start out with that, and then and then it blows open. Uh, I will say a couple things in terms of plot. One, the inciting event to this game, to me, a lot more driven, a lot better setting you off on an adventure uh, than the first game was. Um, it still has the same problem that the first game did, which is just essentially the overall is like, it's we're going to be somewhere out there and work your way through it. And, and in this case, it's go west, young lady. Um, <laughs> and so that's basically what you're doing. I will say this. In terms of the story and the side quests and how they work together, I think massive strides have been taken to make them all link into whatever the plot line is for the town that you're in, in a way that is very reminiscent of what Witcher was doing with in terms of setting its world. So we can talk about the plot in a second, but in terms of the world building, this to me is some of the strongest that I've seen in video gaming in a long time. Everything has a place. It has a reason for being why it's here on the river, the fights that it has, what the specific concerns it would have about its neighbors. The next place has something new to show you. Um, and it has its own concerns and that kind of thing with all the sub quests being informed by who the person is, where they are. And even if they realistically are kill three turtle dinosaurs, um, they're, they're much better couched in my opinion. So they learned that lesson there in terms of the overall world building. And that's what I love the most about this game. Hmm. That's where I 
say, hey, I'm on an adventure. They've got some really nice adventure music. You're striding around the sunsets over the mountain. You're enjoying that experience if you like that, if you like that kind of thing. Where I had more trouble, interestingly enough, is the graphics, right? So that's where everybody points to as it being awesome. And it is. It's very pretty, very, very often. Um, but to me, neither solution that they've provided is terribly satisfying. Uh, the high resolution, 30 frames per second, they use a lot of motion blur. I've gotten used to it. That's where I'm actually playing. It's not where my preference is. But this has, to my eyes, one of the worst performance mode implementations that I have seen. And I think that's because there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of grass. There's a lot of stuff in the air. And the fuzziness and how it looks, I, I just couldn't play it in that mode. So... Graphics-wise, 30 frames per second, high resolution, great. I think the faces may be the best I've ever seen in games. The, the facial animations and the interactions with light uh, are absolutely fantastic. Uh, but graphics, I come kind of middle of the road because it's you're, you're playing 30 frames per second in an action game where like Twitch really counts. Uh, and it, you can feel it. It feels a little heavy. And then the last thing I would say, and I did tweet about this. This was on my social media getting either crap or praise, depending on which side you are on a console war. And I'm not on a console war at all, folks. Um, it has polish issues. You clip through everything. The hair moves on its own. The climbing of the mountains is designed to be more organic. And I find that it has a lot of error inputs. And then you, again, clip through whatever it is that you're climbing. In you a way go through ladders when you jump on ladders? Your yeah, like swings I, through them. She really swings through the hard. ladders when you jump on them, and I've had a number of ladders. You get to the top, and she won't, she won't climb to the top <laughs> of the long neck. Come on, anyway. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was on a long neck, and she was just jumping back and forth between these two platforms, and I was like, "It's right there. It's, just, just grab you got it, it honey." She, like jump back. <laughs> yeah. No, and 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 so it it feels like like really really early Assassin's Creed, like with just error inputs all over the place. And it's to me, it's like okay, you answered a question which really didn't bother me, which is like, why are all these yellow things out there for Aloy to climb in the first game? But it's, you tried to make it more organic and I, it's just not there. So it feels bad a lot. And then the animations in general are just a little weird. Like imagine you have mine tracks below you and you kind of half lean where you think you're just going to walk over them. You get that kind of, I don't know, PlayStation 2 side straddling and won't cross over the whole mine track. And then you go over and then she goes too far. And it's, it's that kind of like little stuff. That is, wow, that's not, I was just playing Ghost of Tsushima. You know, I was just playing whatever. This is not what I expect from Sony first party studios. Uh, it, there's nothing awful about it. Understand. It's not like dying or anything like that. I've seen the videos of people falling through maps, but if you have, you know, 3 million people playing anything, you can do those yeah. kinds of things no matter what. But so Horizon to me is, is pretty close to like a nine out of 10, except for, these kinds of things that are bugging me about its playthrough. So if they patch that, if they fix that up, I, I, I'm enjoying Horizon vastly more than the first because I am enjoying that process of seeing new things. Um, as it turns out, I think one of the things I really needed out of Zero Dawn was just different biomes, dedication put into that world building, side quests that feed into the location rather than just being somebody up on a mountain needing to find their beads on a higher mountain. And that has really, really worked for me. Uh, but... It isn't, it isn't as, yes, this is definitely a 9 out of 10. This is a AAA masterpiece as I thought it would be when I was buying it. Mm. So it's funny because Dan messaged me yesterday and asked, have you played Horizon? And I said only, like I said, right at the beginning. And he said, is it me or, you know, are the graphics not as 
what'd you say, Dan? Like not as mind blowing as kind of right. Everyone. So, everything I've seen on, you know, for, well, I want to say 70, 80% of the stuff that I'm seeing and that people are posting online is uh, stuff from cutscenes, a lot of them, and they look amazing. Um, but I just got done playing zero dawn and going from that to forbidden West, I was expecting like, what? This is insane. This is, you know, next generation. And what I got was, Hey, this looks similar. <laughs> you know, it looks about the same to me. Uh, you know, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I mean, I, I messed with my TV. I went back and made sure I had the PS5 <laughs> version downloaded. I was like, what, what is going on here? I said, you know, because I was expecting to just get, you know, knocked out of my uh, shoes and it, it just didn't happen. So, but, you know, Hulk's got some good points. I mean, I haven't gotten far enough in the story to really give it any kind of, you know, critique, I guess. Um, I just got out of the white orchard part, I guess. Of Yeah. Of, you know, that's so the name that's, I couldn't come up with, white orchard. Yeah, white orchard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, I just got out of that part. Um and maybe for about an hour or so. So I'm just kind of exploring. Like, I don't have a whole lot of games on my horizon, no pun intended. So this one's going to be one of those that I get to explore every question mark that's on the map, every little thing. I'm just going to take my time with it. So I'll probably be playing it for a while. But, I mean, I was – it's it's fun. You know, it, it's horizon. It, it's, it's, it's very, very, very similar to the last game. Um, there are some new, you know – things here and there, you know, weapons and, but, you know, in the first game, I basically, it came down to me. I used the three different bows and that's where I'm trying, you know, I'm kind of, I'm probably going to head towards that direction again, because <laughs> I'm not a big, you know, I, the traps work very specific situations, you know, for me. Um, and sometimes like with a, with a mission that says, you know, try using your traps. I'm like, okay. It does oh, that work. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so some of those, I mean, like the sling, that thing is worthless to me. Uh, oh, the only thing, the only thing that's good about it was because javelins. they're awesome. I just got those. I think <laughs> I haven't tried them out yet. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. I'm, 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 I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it. Did not blow me away like I thought it was going to. Um, I think Ratchet and Clank looked better, to be honest with you. But um, it's still are you, great. Are you playing performance or resolution? Yeah, performance mode. I, I think I, performance I, looks bad. I think it just looks it, it bad. Does. I can't and do 30 though, man. That's my problem. I think you gotta. I think you, you gotta bite to. the bullet if you want to see if you want the graphics on horizon yeah. because performance is bad. I yeah. tried it for a little while, like maybe for about 30 minutes, and I was just like, man, I just you know it's but really, I mean, to your point, it's it's not a humongous difference between the 30 and the 60 because of all that motion blur, I think. But yes, I also don't see the big difference between you know the fidelity i guess you know i don't see like where it's like oh man that looks like a real plant you know it looks exactly the same to me uh but also i'm i'm 47 and my eyes are garbage so you know i could be completely off i'm, I'm still no, like i, I, I still I, have I a think, good time i think you're right dan like my my impression of it graphically is that it's a game that was made for screenshots but not for actually playing like if that you're if you're in stills and you take a screenshot it looks fantastic but as soon as you start moving you're like there's film grain on it there's the motion blur that you can turn off but it doesn't actually fully turn it off and you still get blur <laughs> when you spin the camera and there, there's just all these issues with the the graphics that i was sort of just like this game's beautiful when you post a screenshot, but when you're actually playing it, you're kind of like, this is like, there's something about it. Like it, it, it's, to it's, Hoag's point, it's performance mode is, is 
underwhelming. Can I, can I ask you guys something real quick? Three of you guys that really played it. There, there's times where like you get that blue shimmering line across, and sometimes I'm like, okay, it's it's this, it's a uh, your 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 charger or whatever your mount, right? Yeah, yeah. But then there's times where I'm nowhere near that thing, and I still see this like sunspots. <laughs> it's like it's like they they they, I don't know, turn up the sun spun, sunspot setting. Oh, right. To, like, the edge. Yeah, I was just like, what? They got a little Where? JJ in them on this. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, especially early on. I've seen it less lately in the last few hours that I've played. But early on, man, I was just like, man, I didn't even have a mount. Well, one of the things in yeah, so like, it's, it's because it's supposed to be whenever one of the machines is looking at you or looking oh, near where okay. you're at. And because you start off in a small valley, there's almost always a machine looking almost at you for like the first 10 hours. So it just happens a lot. <laughs> okay, maybe that's it. It was crazy. Yeah, well, and they, they, you say beautiful in screenshots. I think that's right. It's also beautiful in conversations. So one thing yeah. I definitely noticed is the conversations are, are gorgeous. Uh, they're doing a trick. And you see that you this, you pop in and out of the conversations a lot. Um, and it's dynamic lighting in a lot of places. And you can see, like, just like when you would hit photo mode in certain games and everything looks a little bit better yeah. because they changed out resolutions or whatever. Clearly, in the PlayStation 5, and maybe this is because of the load times or whatever the amazement of the PlayStation 5 is, they're swapping out certain things. Like, it, they, they are prettier faces when you're having those dialogue conversations than yeah. if you look at them when you're standing there. Um, and they're, look, I'm, I, I'm not against you making it pretty, but some of those screenshots you see online, some of the things that are like, wow, this is amazing looking, are in those entirely controlled environments, right? You don't have any dynamism to that. And I think the, the dialogue is great. Uh, they do a pretty cool thing, I think, when you're between questions where they go back to like the two of you standing there and then they fade in the wheel, which I think is yeah. uh, a, the best implementation I've seen of that concept. It's little, uh, but I really, really like that they do that. Um, but that's entirely within their control. So you get like all this, you know, light in the skin and, and through the earlobes and all this stuff when if you then finish and you stand there, they don't look quite like that when you're when you're in the actual world. So I, it's it's a lot of tricks. And then I think... Travis hasn't gone yet, so I want to hear what he has to say. And then I think the last thing I want to talk about is kind of Aloy as a character. Um, because I don't think she's a terribly good one. But let's go, yeah. Travis. So, yeah, let me let me give my first impressions. My my first impression, I think we've all kind of alluded to it. Do you need to say something, else? I was just going to say, I'm, I'm surprised at how many people, and I know Moe's happy right now. There's several people in the chat saying play it on 30 FPS mode. You gotta, uh, I, yeah, and that's not to. my choice. I mean, I honestly, I play performance on everything, and I could Me not too. do it. I could not do it on. For yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, Ains, you're going to be on on. No, I, I, I tried both. I do that at every game that has it. I try it right away, and there's no Cyberpunk way. Cyberpunk was like like that last year. Cyberpunk was terrible. Was. Six, yeah, 60 FPS at launch. Cyberpunk didn't look good, but there, mm -hmm, yeah. you can't play it. In well, Ains, the one and, thing I will say is, I think the tutorial area, which I have to believe you're still in at 45 minutes is I think the worst presenting graphically part of the game. I don't know when they made it, but I don't think it presents what Forbidden West actually is very well. So okay. check it again when you get to the next area. I will, yeah. but I, I'm telling you, I can't play 30. I, yeah. I feel bad for you because maybe they'll make performance. My eyes hurt more. when I play 30. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, I'm physically I'm ill. I play Halo every day at 120 frames. I cannot oh, play, I play Halo at 130. I will say Halo has a lot less just going on. You don't have the good reflexes and can shoot well. I oh, mean, it's okay. Please. It's okay. Tell us about 30. You'll be one me, Ains. One be one me. You don't, um, you don't want that. I do. I just asked you to. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
yeah <laughs> my, my first impression of horizon zero dawn or horizon forbidden west is that um you get those games that are really hyped of games that you you loved and you expect the sequel to find ways to reinvent them and push the series forward a lot some notable examples are Grand Theft Auto 5 versus Grand Theft Auto 4. You play Grand Theft Auto 5 and you're like, okay, this is what the next Grand Theft Auto should feel like. And then you get you get games like Fallout 4, which my my uh, my opinion is it's sort of more of an incremental improvement. And it, it doesn't really change the game as much as you thought. And I think Horizon Forbidden West for me falls into the latter category in that it is, a, it is an improvement in a lot of areas, but to me, it's an incremental improvement. It largely feels like the same game I played at the beginning of the PS4 uh, era, and it doesn't, in my opinion, really do, I know it's in my opinion, uh, do enough to... Uh, you say it the uh, most, man. <laughs> I know, I do. And you know why? It's because, anyway, we can get into this, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a reviewer thing because everybody... The number one comment, again, is people being like, what do you say things like they're facts? And I'm like, because I'm a human. Anyway, uh uh, so yeah, I, I just think it doesn't really do enough to really impress and feel like the next horizon game, which to me is the most disappointing part is the areas that it's exactly the same game. That's, that's sort of where, where I, uh, where, where, where I kind of lean on it. Now there's, there's performance issues, which I don't really care that much about performance. It looks, it looks fine. Uh, it, it, it in, especially in dialogue to hook's point and in screenshots and stills, it, it looks great. Uh, the story I don't think is super good. Uh, I said I had the same criticism of the first game. I just thought the, the story r really overall wasn't that great, but the writing and the world building to hook's points are, are, are top notch, really good. The characters are great. Like, except for Aloy, really, uh, the, the other characters are really good. Um, yeah. And I actually like Aloy compared to a lot of other open world games. To me, they're the most annoying part. But I will say this, and nobody's talking about this, which blows my mind. All right. The hand-holding in Horizon is the worst I've ever seen in any game. And and Aloy will not shut up, and there's no way to turn it off. Can she, I tell she you? She talks constantly. Every I... time you pick up a flower, she's like, <laughs> I, I picked up this flower. I guess I'll put it in my my backpack. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, can... oh, my God. It's so annoying. Can I tell a funny little story, right? So I, sure. I, I'm playing Horizon with my kids, and especially my oldest, who's really into, like, the big epic adventures now. And I, we're in a cave. No spoilers. Bristlebacks were in the first game. You, you're dealing with some bristlebacks. And we get so much of the reminder. You know, the, the talking to yourself. Oh, I... I should really get after those bristlebacks. I think the bristlebacks might be the bottom of the My daughter, who is a preteen, but is really a, a teenager, uh, just starts for the next two hours while we're playing. Hey, we handled those bristlebacks. I think we need to get to after those bristlebacks. The bristlebacks are real trouble in this valley, Dad. Have you hit the bristlebacks? Have you considered climbing up there to see if you could see some bristlebacks? She does this like Dude. two hours. And it's, it is the truth, Travis. That is a hundred percent accurate. I I actually went into the menu. I rarely do this to see if they had a toggle for me too. The, the you're a moron dialogue. Yes. So, hey, I'm literally doing this mission right now. You don't need to tell me that I have to go do this mission. Stop. Uh, yeah, and the 
The, yes, dude, this guy. Uh, like she's some YouTube vlogger. <laughs> dude, it's 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 awful. It's 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 like she's getting paid by the word or something. She she has to talk every 15 seconds in it some is. capacity. It's 20 seconds, it, it is. It is nonstop. And I, guys, I did the same thing. You guys were supposed to be hyping me up for this game, and all because I've heard are so small. I mean, I, in all honesty, it, it is a small complaint, but I it but it bothers me. It the, bothers me, dude. Like I, I was like you, Hogue. I went into the set to see if there's a way to turn off the dialogue. I really there did. is not. She she talks constantly. She's always telling you what to do. Dude, you I've picked up like 4,000 pieces of stick and I, I could pick up one right now and she'll be like, I my backpack is full, but I'll put this in my stash. And I'm like, dude, oh my God, shut every up. Time. Like I know the mechanic of the game. Oh my God. Talking about game logic. Yeah, it's like, wait, all right. Talk me through the lore of my backpack is full, but I'll send this straight back to town. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but it's like, that's, I get that's it. not my biggest problem with the game. I, get it. I do it's think gaming, but it's like sometimes you you hand wave that you throw up a just ignore it. Don't yeah. comment on it every time. If you didn't comment on it, it would be more acceptable. But every yeah, time you exactly. said it, I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, it's constant. Um, it's uh... so the this is interesting, and the reason why I find this conversation very interesting to me right now is because how do I say this? The I, I was talking to Elu, who's in the chat about this last night. Like, I'm old. We know this. But I, I love games like we joked about Morrowind, right? That game doesn't tell you anything. It, it just go figure it out. Figure it out. And I grew up with games like that. I love games like that. I love to just be thrown into a world and figure out how it works. And Redacted is that to a T. And I'm, I love it. So the fact that this literally sounds like the polar opposite where you've got 10 or 15 hours of tutorial and prologue and they comment on everything and you do i don't know if it's going to go away i mean it I, it away. Actually it does not go away. like like no, does not I, go horizon away is very concerned that you're a moron it is <laughs> it very is, dude. It treats you very stupid and i even have that like mode where it turns off the ui and doesn't give you yep. quest tips and she still won't shut up it, it it's just it, it really, there's so much handholding and the tutorial just drags and drags. And then when you finally get past the tutorial, I was like, please stop talking. Like I was like hoping that, that it was just like a, a white orchard special dialogue and it does not turn off because I've been out in the open world for like eight hours now in, in the full open world. And, and she's just still yabbering and yammering about every little thing that I do. She's constantly commenting and some of it is good. That's the bad part is like, some of it is like real dialogue where you're like, okay, this is important. But then she does it so much that you sort of just learn to tune out her voice. It actually yeah. reminds me a bit of Alan Wake, where like the narration was really good, but he's like talking the whole game. And so after a while, you're like, all right, dude, like I get it. Like Travis was on a roll until there, for the record. I, I, lo really I love, I love Alan Wake. I love Alan Wake. Alan Wake. <laughs> I love Alan Wake. It's one of my favorite uh, story games ever. But he does talk too much. I think but he's a writer. Agree. He's a ridiculous intellectual writer that's too I far know, in his head. What but... the hell is Aloy? A Aloy is not a writer, but apparently she's a uh, she's a t really concerned with. And no. here's the, here's the other thing, and this is something I should never complain about, but it, but I I am I have to complain about it. Okay, she speaks the words aloud. It's not like narrator. Like if you turn the camera, you can see her going. I'll put it in my stash, like with her <laughs> lip. And you're just well, like, what? Who are you talking to? This is insane. It, so there it, was a game last year. We, I was talking to my brother about this this week because, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. She talks to herself so much. Uh, and there was a game last year called Chorus, which I really loved. I think some people liked it. Some people didn't. 
But chorus has the the main character talking to herself the entire time. But they have a they have an affected Batman kind of whisper voice for I'm this is my mind that I'm I'm just talking. This is my internal monologue. And so much of what Aloy says would make more sense with a with a little echo and like I'm thinking about doing this thing rather than shouting it into a cave. Like they add the cave echo when she says it in a cave, <laughs> and, and it's like okay. Um, so no, they're very, very concerned. Now, now I think what you've got here is you've got a four quadrant directed game that is designed to be a triple A, thirty million seller on PlayStation. That is significantly more complex than maybe Sony w- felt comfortable with. Wh- whoever's having these conversations, you say this isn't Ghost of Tsushima. I love pretty simple in its in its nature. You got your sword. You got these six things you can do around the board, and you're just going to go do them. And this one has a lot more going on, especially with hunting, right? You said it feels like the same game, and it does, but this is actually my preferred version of people spending five years on doing something, which is like, all of this worked. Pieces of monsters, how they go into making you your build better, how they go into improving your what, what's happening, all of that worked, but it wasn't perfect. So they improved the loops here quite a bit, in my opinion. They improved what the features are in terms of tracking what you need to hit. And, and having the jobs all work. And I know they added some of that stuff in the original, uh, but all of that is is better. You add world building, you add all these biomes, you add more interesting characters, you add more interesting factions, and you work off of what maybe didn't work so well in the first game. And now you have, I don't even know, I haven't even counted up the question marks in like your log, 50 different types of monster. I mean, it looks massive. And since all of them have this kind of, uh, interaction where you can just beat them or, Hey, I need that antler or whatever. They all work as these little puzzle games. And when you, when you change out the um, uh, composition of a group that you're fighting every single time is different. Like they, they mastered that loop, but it's not a different loop. So to yeah. me, they went in the right direction. It didn't need like an overhaul uh, what it needed was a little bit better pacing, a little bit better storytelling uh, I tend to agree with Travis that it takes a little bit long to get running, but I think what worked so much better is that their white orchard felt like white orchard and it didn't feel like, you know, six people in different spots that need random things and a bunch of dialogue that was pointless. Like they still yeah. are clearly very invested in their world. When you start the game and you go over to the journals, I always check the menus when I start a game, you go over to the journals. It's like, Oh, little character bios. Those will be nothing. I- I'll be interested in seeing little character bios. And like the very first one you enter is like 10 paragraphs long and is also a history of the earth from dawn till now. And and you're like, well, this team at bare minimum is very invested in the story that it's telling. It believes in it thoroughly. And I like to see that. I like to see that, hey, you're all in. It's a little self-serious. It's a lot self-serious, let's be honest. Uh, But it is, it's good to see that dedication. And then as that world opens, as you cross out of White Orchard, I like this, by the way, for spoiler-free stuff. We just keep calling it White Orchard. Uh, <laughs> and you get out into the more open world. That's, to me, where it really starts to impress. Like, you have a wild variety of places to go. It's, it starts to look better, in, in my opinion. It, you can see where the time is spent. Some of the early stuff just doesn't match up. I, I would have... I know they built it and they they spent all the time and resources. In it. I would have cut that earliest linear tutorial section in half or more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is so long and not terribly useful for the rest of your experience in the game. It yeah. basically shows so, you how to duck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll end kind of, I, I hope, I think we'll end the, the discussion with uh, saying that this game is really good. It like, like, 
I love all this. all those criticisms aside. I I think you know it's it's great. I if I were doing an IGN review, you know, early impressions probably an eight out of ten. Uh, but you know, it has it's it's not a perfect game by any stretch, and I think uh, it it. You've, you've kind of heard from all of us the various kind of levels of, of uh, concern, but it, 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 I think those are minor concerns compared to what is a very good, uh, strong open world game with some really, really awesome characters and worthwhile experiences. I'm definitely going to finish it, but it is crazy playing it next to Cyberpunk 2077 and kind of feeling like I kind of unexpectedly am enjoying Cyberpunk more, but it's also my first time fully playing through cyberpunk. So I'm, I, I hear I'm in for a treat, but we'll see. Cyberpunk's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, Travis hasn't played it. So we'll, we'll save, we'll save Rick talks about cyberpunk, especially in comparison to Witcher three. And it's many, many failings in that comparison at some later point. I mean, I'm sure it's not as good as Witcher three, but that's also kind of a high bar. You said it was your favorite RPG of all time. It doesn't need to be as good. I don't find it to be remotely close. Uh, Okay. Well, we'll we'll talk about that at some point. Yeah. I, I, uh, I certainly agree. The, uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about it later. But I, yeah, I'm yeah. really enjoying I agree. it. So I don't think it's. I it's funny. Think. I bought the spoilers, even though this game is like almost two years old or whatever. I, it's uh, yeah. It feels like it released. It, this it week. feels like you have to yeah. respect the spoilers because it launched this week. It feels yeah. like it released like this week. week. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I agree. We've got a super chat for you, Dan. Yeah, Xbox fans. Thanks, Luke, for the two dollars. First time, long time. Joe sucks. Right on Luke. Thanks, true. From what I know, Thanks, very true. Yep, yep, this is true. And and Joe said something negative about Red Dead. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with yeah, Luke here. The, I'm on board with it. I didn't know there were people that really didn't like Red Dead. That's surprising. Me. He's oh, weird. I have, a, he, I have he, many he, issues he, with Red he's Dead. He's for bad take for a reason. Don't worry about it. No. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> all right. So, on Horizon, you guys kind of covered all the aspects that I wanted to touch on. So, the question I want to ask you guys is, as you look, you talk about PlayStation Studios. This is their first kind of major release in that vein i guess you had miles morales but I, I think everyone was looking at forbidden west as kind of this first playstation 5 generation gigantic triple a experience from them and you think about i was going back through because i'm weird i was going back through the thing sean Layden said uh before he departed and he did an interview last year where he said a couple things that i wanted to touch on so he was talking about the cost curve of development of these triple a experiences uh like forbidden west continually going up and he expected that in early PlayStation 4 generation, they were about $100 million on average to develop, and he expected that to double uh, in this generation for the, you know, the top-tier games. Um, and that provides, obviously, a lot of risk for these companies. Um, and then he also said uh, what will happen is you'll end up with three or four silos of games or game types that will continue to exist, and the variety is squeezed out. Um, that's a quote from him. And and kind of what I wanted to ask you guys is, as you look at PlayStation coming into this generation, we've got Forbidden West, now that you're playing it. We've got God of War, which for all intents and purposes, we don't know. We haven't seen a lot of Ragnarok yet, so we don't know what it's going to be like. But from what we have seen, from what we know about development, it's still cross-gen development, just like Forbidden West. The gameplay they did show looks very similar to the first God yeah, of War. You want to talk about iterations, that one looks like it could have come from the first game that's my big worry about this whole generation that's kind of where i'm going um and then we've got gran turismo 7 which was an evolution of sport and they just built and built upon it for this next release um but as i look at at playstation studios and, and the celebration they kind of get from a first party perspective right how do they do i guess the question is how do they evolve 
so that these releases don't start to feel samey. And I guess the follow-up question to that is, do they need to evolve? And do people care if they feel samey? Because as I, as I started thinking about this before the show, I was thinking Nintendo is the prime example of having IPs that people care about with sometimes, not always, sometimes minimal evolution. And people eat it up. I mean, we know that. Um, and we know Horizon Forbidden West is selling well already. It's kind of blown the doors off. We know God of War is going to sell like crazy. Can PlayStation continue to develop these same games in the same way generation after generation and is that viable for them um and do you guys personally care if they go that route yeah i I can start on this one because i think about it a lot uh first to your nintendo comments i i would argue that nintendo though they don't really evolve in the traditional way a lot of people think of it they do experiment and try new things all the time that are super weird and I think that's what keeps their fans engaged is that like, you ne- really never know what you're going to get sometimes with Nintendo. And I think that that is their angle They're They look at evolution as not a straight line of like more pixels and uh, bigger open worlds. They view it as like, uh, well, maybe we can add motion controls for some reason, or, you know, just si- silly stuff that, that you kind of aren't expecting, which I think that's their path. It's, it's very experimental and weird. Um, for, for PlayStation, I feel like their evolution has always been um, getting closer to movie-style storytelling. That seems to be the direction that they want to go. And uh, fun uh, third-person experiences. But I do think that they're going to have to evolve this generation, um, which I think they'll do. But we're still really early in the generation. And an example of evolution would be, you know, God of War. When it came out, it was a huge uh, evolution over you know the last god of war game that we got and i think that seeing horizon uh forbidden west sort of be the same thing ragnarok possibly being very similar and the last of us 2 uh not part of this generation but also a very kind of iterative game over the first last of us i do think that now they have a pattern and possible problem with well how are they going to make the next you know god of war uh you know, kind of reboot or um, even Spider-Man. Spider-Man was another uh, really like uh, unique game when it came out. And now you've got Miles Morales, which is sort of like, again, you know, repeating that. So I do think they have a problem. I do think they have to address it, but I think it's probably too soon for them to start worrying about that. They're going to have, they're going to have to have a lot more, I think, uh, kind of repeat for them to, for them to really get in trouble. Although I will say this, when I was sneaking around in Horizon, the first thing I thought was, Oh God, please don't do this to Horizon. You have to stealth a lot at the beginning of the game. And I, I was worried that it was just going to be another stealth game like uh, Last of Us or what they turned Uncharted into in Uncharted 4. So uh, Uncharted 4. That's another conversation for another time. Yeah, I'm not you happy say evolved. And this is where I think PlayStation gets into real trouble, right? You say God of War evolved. It evolved into an over-the-shoulder, third-person, open-world adventure game. It evolved into everything else that PlayStation makes. So that's yeah. exactly where I was going to go, Travis. Oh, okay. Look at Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. You look at Days Gone. Those were new IPs, but very formulaic. It's a third. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a yeah. third person over the shoulder action adventure game. And I, I, I did the list back when they announced what they were going to do in the launch window in the early days of the PlayStation. And it's like you, you're fine if you like a well resourced, generally polished, which I think is what you buy from Sony over-the-shoulder third-person action-adventure game in a either partial or completely open world. That's that's their only variant, right? Last of Us Part Two, big, not open. God of War, 
big open-ish. Ghost of Tsushima open, Horizon open, Spider-Man open. Um, and if you like that, that's great. Obviously, people like it. It's it's probably the most popular kind of form um, outside of FPS. Like, that's what you're fighting between uh, in those in terms of popularity. But I, I think they've gone in a completely wrong direction. There's a couple of reasons why I think that. I think, one, honestly, I think the open world publishers, whether it's Ubisoft or Sony or anybody else, they deliver too much. And I know that sounds weird, but when you're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Valhalla or maybe even Horizon, I obviously haven't gotten far enough, I think you could actually... You're going to have a $200 million budget. I think you could actually sell $60 versions of half of these games twice. Um, I mean, I think that's the reality of the situation, uh, that you don't need 100 hours in these various games. And I think they are getting themselves in traps. Oh, well, we're not going to be able to sell it unless we deliver X, Y, or Z. And, you know, the original God of War, I think you could beat in six hours. Um, and that was a that was a big-time game for them. And I think they've essentially built up in their heads, maybe across publishers, that people only play for these giant games. But I think they're wrong. And I think that Nintendo, as Travis said, Travis, Nintendo deserves vastly more credit. Nintendo puts Mario in a paint game or a soccer game or a tennis game or whatever. And then he does Labos and it does Garage Builder and it does, oh, we're going to mess with putting paint down on the ground. And if that works, then we're going to make a franchise out of it. Nintendo <laughs> is constantly trying to build that next franchise. Splatoon is the hugest seller out of nothing because they just said, ah, screw it. Let's paint some shit. Kids are going to shoot paintballs everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a great now, game. And so. now it's one of the most popular games that they have in their ecosystem. So it, it's like, that's what you should be doing. Sony, you have a huge, huge war chest. This goes for Microsoft too. It's not Sony limited. No. Very. Figure things out. When you were in the PlayStation 2 era, Sony was fun and everything weird. And then it became Uncharted. And then it became, Uncharted became Last of Us. And God of War became Uncharted and Last of Us. And then Spider-Man, I think, is, is the right way to make that, but it is a variant of what you were already doing. So if you have a feel that you want in your Sony ecosystem, what would a polished first-person shooter look like from Sony? Killzone is years old and gone, and now it's Horizon. So you had their first-person shooter become an action-adventure in an open world. Uh, and they don't have a good variety on any kind of vector that you look at for what they make at this point in time. So yeah. I think they've gone completely the wrong direction. I think the budget in these things, if it's true, has gone in completely the wrong direction. I think art direction matters more than all these bells and whistles that they throw on these things. And if I'm being honest about Horizon, one of my initial comments was, you threw all this stuff into the air. You put flowers and bushes everywhere because you can, but I don't necessarily think it looks better than if you were more judicious with what you were actually putting out there in the world. Everything is cluttered. Everything is cramped. Yes, you can get these amazing views, you didn't have to. Um, and there are ways to have better art design. Nintendo, frankly, with their you know mobile cellular device chip and a five-year-old system, <laughs> figures that out uh, very often. So I have, a, I have, in terms of variety, in terms of what they're putting out there, in terms of their model, I have more respect for Nintendo than I do for Sony saying, well, okay, we'll make it higher resolution. We'll make it more movie-like. And I am really thoroughly enjoying Horizon but I every if this wasn't a year separated from the last time Sony actually delivered a product, I don't know that I would love it as much. You know, when Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima were right on top of each other, yeah, okay. Um, it's not. I, I needed to have variety. I need to go in a different direction. I've actually enjoyed Cyberpunk and Horizon next to each other because it's like, yeah, they're RPGs, but they're they're really really different. They're very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so, think I think that's what I was saying earlier is going between them. It's sort of like these are very different games. And, yeah, the flavors yeah. they have completely different flavors. So it's, it it is nice. I think as a combo. Um, so yeah, 
Yeah, so so really good points. And you guys kind of expounded upon some of the thoughts running through my head and kind of why I brought up the question. So, Dan, I'm going to go to you because I know we've we've touched on this topic before. And I know that you really enjoy. Well, we all really enjoy these experiences. And I don't want anyone to take away from this that, uh, you know, I don't. Horizon was my favorite new IP last gen on PlayStation. I adore it. I can't wait to really dive into Forbidden West. God of War is a Absolutely incredible title, in my opinion, one of a uh, an all time great. But uh, based on the conversation we're having, Dan, I know you really enjoy these experiences. You've loved most of these games, I believe, that they've put out in this vein. Are you what? What do you feel about this? Like, do you feel that this is a valid conversation, or are you like, I love it, give me more of the same? I mean, it, I think both. I think I think you can have this conversation, and and I think it's a completely valid conversation. However, in the last three weeks, I have played through The Last of Us, The Last of Us Part Two, Days Gone, Ghost of Tsushima, almost all the way through, and Uncharted uh, a little bit. <laughs> That's right. amazing game time, Dan. Yeah, right, I'm just saying, and also Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. So that formula, that over the person, third person, that that's that's that's. That's me to a T. That's where you live. That's, that's, that's why I live. That's, that's what I love to play. Yeah. I also enjoy first-person shooters when done right, um, like Cyberpunk. I mean, I, I really in, in, uh, played it four times. As I mean, a shooter, like you think Cyberpunk is done right? No, as no, no, a shooter. no, no, no. As a shooter, yeah. then what are you talking about? I mean, I you as, said, as just you, said you enjoy first-person shooters when done right. Oh, FPS. You know, it's for the, the perspective, I guess. Sure. Oh, I see. The, you know, then that it, it's it's more of a rpg obviously to me it is yeah um but i mean it's that, not it's not a fantastic house. shooter i wouldn't describe it that way no 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 um, no no, no, no. no yeah. it's not yeah it's not a really good shooter it's, it's it is what it is but i you know what in my first playthrough i think I, I didn't shoot the gun hardly at all you know it was mostly you know doing something completely different uh but you know, I, i'm fine with it i'm fine with you know them continuing if, if it makes them money and it sells that's fine but you have to kind of open it up you have to let the studios kind of do what they want. You know, I think they've proven, I think several of them, maybe, you know, I know didn't Ben go over to help naughty dog. Isn't that what they're doing now? Didn't they send their who uh, Ben studios? Oh, Ben. The ones that they didn't. Yeah. The ones said, that they, they gone. They said, did Ben go help? Like Ben who? Ben uh, has been supporting everybody as far as yes. the reports. Yeah. Been. They, they, they kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. days gone. I think I reviewed it for the side. I think I gave it a seven. I enjoyed the time with it. Um, for what it was, I know there was a lot Massively of issues. Underrated especially is what it is. You know, I mean, I, I, I oh, liked it. What yeah. is? Oh man, well, yeah, I think, oh I no, think... terrible. No, no, no. Oh no, no. Oh guys, bad. sorry. I see you tweeting about this, and that game is. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to sidebar. Sidebar that. Yeah, We're gonna have sidebar that one. Um, you know, I enjoyed my time with it. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed my time with most of those those kind of games. So, you know, that's what I want. I want more of that. Keep giving it to me. You know, if it's a new IP, fine. You know, I'm, you know, take the risk, you know, see what you can do with it. You know, you've got amazing studios, amazing devs, and they've proven it. Ghost of Tsushima, you know, if it weren't last that year for the, what was it, 2020? Is that when it released? I think it was uh, 2020, game of the year, yeah. 2020, Hoglo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. that, that would have probably been my say, oh, game boy. of the year. Travis is yeah. having a morning. What game, what game was it? <laughs> Ghost, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah, no way. Yeah. I, I'm what the hell is your 2020 game yeah. of the year time? I'm guy. with Travis on that. I think Ghost of Tsushima is Half-Life, Alex. Oh, well, I didn't play Half-Life. Yeah, I know you no, didn't. 
because you yeah. would have given that the game of the year. <laughs> I played it in twenty thousand dollars. It would have taken me. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's that that game was amazing to me. You know, because it was it was just what I wanted. You know, and I don't need these overcomplicated things. You know, I want you to hold my hand during these games. You know, the the uh, the accessibility options. That's the first place I went in Horizon, and there's several of them where I'm like, why was this not turned on by default? You know, like when you go to your white weapon wheel, put it to the slowest. That's so dumb. Like, why would you have it on? You know, just I understand challenges stuff. All my stuff is custom. I have got the custom difficulty levels, which I think locks me out of some stuff, which I don't care about. Um, also, like picking up certain things on like on uh, on your on your kills. You know, it's stuff like I'm looking at it like this is stupid. Why not just have this automatically in the game? You know, it's just it doesn't make sense to me. So that's the first place I go now to of any game. And and you know, even with the Last of Us Two, you know, they had so many accessibility options. I can't see very well sometimes. So that contrast mode that they have in there, fantastic. Where it basically turns everything blue or yellow, and you can see stuff that you missed. That's how bad I can see my eyes. You realize that they they make these things called glasses that you can. Yeah, I got contacts. Well, I've got to use the accessibility mode. No, I use them all the time. But anyway, (laughs) I mean, the the point is, I mean, just keep doing this. I'm I'm fine with it. You know, God of War was an amazing game. You know, I understand why people, especially God of War fans, you know, it it was such a departure from the, you know, regular God of War. I get that. (laughs) Oh, what are you going to say? I think (laughs) I might agree with you on this I'm perfectly fine with the rest of the panel enjoying a 30-hour prologue that doesn't start a story at all. I think that's fine. Uh, But I'm sure that we're going to get that story in the next God of War. Maybe it'll be a prologue to the third one. Who knows? By the way, check check out the I I, I think you're going to find an ally in me in this one because I do not think that God of War was all that. But my problem with it is more that you fight the same like four enemy types that whole game. I was yeah, a, you circle the damn pond and you do the same thing and it's a oh chase for thirty hours. <laughs> I'm a simple yeah, man. I can feel the downvotes coming. Um, by yeah, the way, let them vote come. me for this. I, it's my number eight game of whatever that was, 2019. Yeah. You can watch me talk about it for ten minutes. And yeah, it's a prologue to a story that I'm looking forward to actually experiencing. And they wow, to make we got it some me. wild opinions on this panel. Yeah, I, this, I'm this, loving it. This is great. Uh, by the way, check out this comment. I figure you guys would like. <laughs> you know, going I, back to that real quick, I didn't know that was a thing a until I put yes. my until I put my earphones on. Apparently, my ears are garbage too, because so, yeah. I didn't hear anything. You know, I mean, I heard her say it every once in a while, but when you put like the 3D audio on, it's so bad. You guys are 100% correct. It's because she mumbles. Constant. Yeah. He, she, he couldn't she hear might. it because of the mumbling. She does mumble. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of well, under her breath. But when you got that 3D audio and it's like right there, it's just like, God damn well, you know, oh We never God. did talk about it. Like, so Aloy is a character. They're clearly, it's like Master <laughs> Chief or somebody. But it's like, she doesn't have anything, but I have to go west. Only I can save the world. And and like, there is no separate. Oh, she's super annoying. Motivation. And it's very boring to me. It's like a story where everybody else is more interesting than who you're playing. It's it's wild, that's and I felt that way games. in the first game. That's most video games, though. Most <laughs> well, games I don't even know what to do with this panel right now. Yeah. <laughs> what Aloy is the show. Aloy is boring. Can't be can't be a wild, off beaten path opinion here. <laughs> oh God, no, oh. no, I don't think I don't think that is. But I just I, I'm laughing at the fact of all the opinions that we're throwing out here about some of the most cherished games of the past few years. Well. Hey, look, you can love a game and realize it has issues. In fact, that is my job. 
That's so, a top ten yeah. name to me. It's just I needed I needed that laugh this morning, boys. I needed yeah. that. That was good. You guys want to talk about yeah, God of War? Great. For a it's just I no? I don't think it's <laughs> game of the generation. I mean, God, uh, God of War was not the game of the generation. No, it was not. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. All right. It was just so a we, rise clone. We touched on PlayStation Studios. Um, yeah, I I kind of agree with with what a lot of Jesus man. So you guys made me lose it now. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm going to be really interested to see over the next several years, or, or I should say the rest of this generation, what PlayStation does with these IPs. And if remember, remember a while ago, they said they had like uh, 30 games in the works and like 16 were new, like new IPs. Uh, I'm going to be very curious to see what those new IPs look like, because we we talked a couple weeks ago about their investment in um, live service games, right? And what they're doing there. So that's one aspect that I think, it looks like or sounds like they're starting to build out to kind of counter this image of just being third-person action-adventure games over the shoulder. Um, but I am going to be interested to see if these new IPs that are not live service, right, they're single-player focused, do they continue in the same kind of template or do they start to kind of get a little more creative? So I think they'll get more creative. They bought Bungie yeah. for a reason. They're going to do games as a service. They're going to start doing shooters. You got to assume now that Killzone isn't a thing. I think they're, I think they're acquiring things that companies that do the things that they know they don't do well right now resistance, well, well, resistance. maybe I, you guys aren't having enough imagination for microtransactions and making money i mean <laughs> yeah ubisoft has been trying to cram live services into everything that's single player focused for a long time now oh i think they'll do that too bungie might be saying all right okay uh you guys are now tasked with figuring out how horizon can have a christmas time uh service and we make some money selling you uh reindeer antlers for your mount uh and and go to it bungie we, we're, we're buying you to make us some money um yeah. so it, just because it's single player focus doesn't mean you can't cram live services into it so That's true that very true, true that yeah no i, I can see that happening too but yeah. I, do, I do think with their messaging saying they want to develop 10 live service games, they're talking about different types of games. I still think they'll do their premium thing, but they clearly need other revenue. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how much they start to UBI their open world games. I, I, I hold out hope that they won't they won't do that. But I can see it. I can see it, Hoke. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I can see, see the Easter Bunny nice outfit about... on, on, uh, on Ellie. I can see it. There is something nice about buying a product and saying at least the promises right now are that this is the product. Yeah. Um, I, I like live services. I like some of that engagement, but you know, I was actually playing a board game the other day and I was thinking, Hey, I, I own all this. It's not going to change. It's not going to disappear. And you know, that that's lost in a lot of corners of video game Um, So I, horizon, you look at it, you say, hey, I get what I get. There's, there's a certain, uh, satisfaction to that. I completely agree. And uh, they've done a good job with these titles. We've talked about God of War, Horizon, Ghost of Tsushima of saying it's kind of an older school mindset. You pay your money. Here's the product you get. It's a complete product. It's generally polished. It's content complete. There's something to be said for that. Well, I think another thing is, I mean, you, you, <laughs> you've got the same you, stuff. You, you know, you, I do. I understand what you're saying. But but you you've got oh, a no, new generation of I kind of disagree with what he said. But that's fine. You, you've got a new generation of consoles that haven't been really utilized at least their power to the fullest extent that they probably could. You can probably do new things with that too. You know, but I, I don't know what those are, and I have no idea how they'll implement it. They're much smarter than me. You know, so they could they could take a game like Horizon, you know, that is 
strictly developed for the new generation. And this is anybody, you know, and this is Xbox, everybody, you know, and, and, and maybe put in some new gameplay mechanics that you couldn't do, you know, a generation ago. You know, something, I, I don't know what that would be exactly, but I mean, there, there's got to be, you know, something in there, you know, make things a little bit more, I don't know, reactive. And it, it, it's, you know, there's something to be AI. said. That, How about AI? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Or, or the industry hasn't moved forward at all in like 15 100%. years. That's yeah, why I don't like always the focus being on graphics, right? Because there's yeah. so much more to a game than the graphics conversation. Yep. Yeah, you can do it. I mean, or I, 60 I, frames, Ains. Yeah, sometimes wait. You're the one preferring graphics. We just talked about that. I know. I'm just saying. I'm saying you. You said like, oh, I can't play a game if it's not 60. And I'm like, well, it's not always about that. We've gotten Some spoiled, games... man. We've gotten spoiled. Nah. So anyway, um, you kind of gave me the segue, Hogue, as you brought up Ubisoft. Uh, so we, we'll just jump over that because we did have that on our list of things to talk about. Is that uh, it's kind of a similar comment about Ubisoft? Is that they came out this week and talked about some of their performance and revenue and i know that most people well not most some people are not going to like hearing this because i talk to people like dan and mo and others that really prefer kind of the older assassin's creed experience but whether you like it or not uh valhalla has now passed one billion dollars in revenue single game for ubisoft it is the most profitable assassin's creed game they've ever had um and so they are looking apparently it's an internal kind of uh design methodology with ubisoft to keep players engaged in a game and continue to have content and microtransactions within it like you were just talking about so that's past a billion dollars and they're also reporting that players spent 45 percent more time in far cry 6 than they did far cry 5 and so they are avidly better yeah it is better yes they are avidly looking at how to basically keep people in these single player experiences Mm -hmm and ongoing revenue streams at the same time, a little counter to what we were talking about with PlayStation's current roster anyway. So um, the other conversation, I don't know if we really want to touch on that Ubisoft mentioned is that they can remain independent. This is his quote. He said, we can remain independent. However, we would review any acquisition offer that was put forward. It's a non-story. Yeah, Uh, I know it was picked up in all these places. I tried to stop them. I couldn't. <laughs> you tried. Uh, I did. This is what I do. So oh, yeah, man. no. I, I mean, I DM'd Games Industry. I think I did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just tweeted At it out. Games Industry. <laughs> I do. I, I'm doing this more behind the scenes than you think. Uh, <laughs> no. So okay. So let's talk corporate law for a second. Oh um, no. Oh no. So, You're on a timer. Okay, that's fine. Ubisoft <laughs> is a French company, so I can't claim any province over French law, but. They're also a company that's run by a board of directors that does generally abide by normal fiduciary standards. So you can look up, I think it's Society Anonymous, whatever that is in French. I apologize. My, my worst grade in high school, folks, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but basically, a board of directors doesn't own the company. They can also own it as shareholders, but a board of directors is fiduciaries for other people's money, which means that a board of directors at a corporate level has to take into account any way that they can either keep that money safe or grow that money in a substantial way. So one of the main ways that's realized on a board of directors is if somebody rolls into town with a term sheet that says, we'll buy you for X amount of dollars, the board has an obligation to review that and they can accept it. They can recommend it to their stockholders. They can reject it. They can do a host of things. But the board chair saying, of course, if an offer is made, we'll review it is not saying one damn thing. 
not not even a little. Now you can you can try to put conspiracy theories on this and say, well, <laughs> they're signaling they're interested in being acquired, but I don't read it that way even remotely. Uh, and that being the story of this board member saying, yes, we will honor our board obligations, is, you know, as you could tell when when I when I do these tweets or make these videos about this, this is an affront uh, to uh, everything that I know about court law. So come on, people. It's not a story. Yeah, so I, I do generally agree with Hogue. I will say, I think the reason this became a news story, other than the obvious reason, which is that there's a lot of acquisitions happening lately, is that uh, this same person who dropped this quote has in the past been a lot more uh, so, stalwart in their messaging against being acquired. And let's talk about Vivendi. It was sort of seen, a, it was seen as a change of tone, I think. Yes, that's and that's how it was framed in that story. So Vivendi, a few years back, doesn't make an offer to the board. Instead, what Vivendi does is it starts creeping up their capitalization table. They start consolidating publicly owned shares until they're up at 25%, 27%, 28%. Because if you hit 30%, what happens is you have to have a hostile takeover bid, what we call a tender offer for everybody's shares. Hey, you're clearly interested in owning the company. You have to do that. So what happens when they hit 26% is Eve's at Ubisoft and the family. Ubisoft, even though it's public and big, is still a family kind of company. It's got that personality of founder structure. Says, you get the hell away from my company. Or <laughs> you make an offer. But we are not going to allow you to just kind of squeeze us out by, by crawling up the cap table. So Ubisoft has very strong statements about trying to do it that way. And then consolidates its own investor class to start buying other public shares so that the Guimont family and everyone else has more of a hold on it so that they can't cross over that tender offer. That is entirely different in both scope and quality than what an offer to the board would be. Um, and so, yes, they said some things about Vivendi because they didn't want to be hostily taken over through a tender bid. That's different than I, I am going to ask the board if I can buy the company. This sounds like Yellowstone, man. I'm loving this. This is great. <laughs> Corporate law, mergers and acquisitions, I, it, it's, it's weird and it's wild and it's fun but you just have to get the rules right. And I know it's a headline to say, oh, well, Ubisoft's more interested in acquisitions now. That, that isn't what the board said. And you can, you, can, you can counter this. I've had this conversation online, if you, can, if you can't tell, which is like, well, they're signaling. And it's like, I would be willing to bet that that's a question posed and they're answering it in the way that a board member has to answer it. Um, so I, I don't know. Ubisoft, I still think, is the most likely to be bought next, which is the other confounding characteristic of this entire Right, yeah, because then people will yeah. point to it and be like, Hoagie, you were wrong. They were I'm, signaling. And you'll be like, I, no, it was just likely, unrelated. Yeah. They're the most likely because they have the highest presentation on the third-party charts everywhere. Yeah. Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six. That Ubisoft is all over those popular game charts. They're the obvious next domino if somebody wants to pull that trigger. Yep. But... Yep. It has nothing to do with the board isn't soliciting those bids with that kind of statement. They just aren't. I think Travis is right. I I, I could see Ubisoft in the next year or two getting acquired and people coming back to you and be like, see, ho, yeah. you were yeah, right. They're, they're for sure going to do that. And that's why I've it's been fine. staying away from this no. entire news article because it's I was fine. just like, it's lose lose. Like you can if you comment on it, you're gonna lose because yeah. they're they're almost certainly going to get acquired, I think, in the next like that, you know, that four, tweet is probably years. bookmarked. So many times, <laughs> so many times. It would be it would be less than the rest of my week, believe me. So, no, it's, it's 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 totally fine. I just want clarity. 
Let's just present the things with the right context. Maybe yeah. you put in a paragraph that talks about board fiduciary duties. Okay. Yeah. It, it, that goes that goes over really well in Most gamers can't spell fiduciary. I mean, it's not even a thing, man. I don't I mean, think most people. I, I you don't even have to be gamers. I've spent three years on a channel trying to help this conversation out. You're, you're, you're I making you me it, feel man. like Sisyphus here. I love you. I <laughs> that that is videos. what you are. I hate to bring it to you. The same thing, trying to uh, trying to give reviews to games. I'm Sisyphus as well. So, yeah. Well, you make right. the games. I don't know why you keep making broken ones, Travis. Oh, God. Would you fix Crossfire X already? Jesus. Uh, I actually have not been messaged way? about Crossfire X and my, my bugs that I made. Thank God. All right. So on to uh, uh, broader topics then. Netflix and 2K announced this week that they are in collaborating to make a Bioshock movie. Uh, this has been, if you remember, there was a point in time several years ago when Bioshock was kind of top of the conversation where they talked about potentially wanting to make a movie. Guillermo del Toro himself said he would love to make a movie in the Bioshock universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yada, yada, yada at the time. And it just kind of disappeared. I think. Getting here. Borderlands is already being produced. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the same? Same Netflix thing. making Borderlands? Netflix uh, isn't doing it. No, no, no. 2K is, obviously. Oh, they yeah. own it. But no, I don't think uh, Borderlands is Netflix. Not that I'm aware. It has the same owner, though, right? Like 2K? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, still yeah. 2K. So it's, it's the but, same, yeah. But I, I don't know... Um, I don't know what I want to ask you guys is okay. Bioshock movie. I, I know Dan, especially one of his favorite all time. Me as well. Adore Bioshock. Uh, obviously the first game is a little different from third game. You know, you've got Rapture is kind of the most well-known location and get, you know, in the Bioshock universe, but you're now talking about turning this into a movie. Let's, let's presume an hour and a half to two hour movie, right? What, what story out of the Bioshock universe can you effectively tell in 90 minutes or two hours how do you or, do or that in the medium or of uh of tv or movies at all period well, that's that. movie, right like when we saw the announcement for like the it takes two game being picked uh, movie getting picked up it, or show i think it was I, the one thing that i said was oh yes take a game that has a, a a terrible story what really good gameplay and make it into something that is story based and so with Bioshock, you have a game that is fundamentally about being a game, like at its core. That's and then kind of say, what the whole we'll point of the movie. story is. Yeah. So, you know, I look, I want to believe in these things. I want to be optimistic. But I also watched the Cuphead show and I don't trust Netflix farther than I can throw them on basically anything. So I hope Bioshock is great. I think it was in development hell for a reason because this is a tough nut to crack. Oh, yeah. uh, and I don't hold out a lot of hope for Netflix cracking it. So I, uh, oh, let me say this. there. If you guys weren't aware, there's a book that was written called Rapture. It is a prequel to Bioshock. And it's an excellent book. Yeah. It, it's actually a fascinating story of how Ryan came into power, how he decided to build Rapture under the water, and, and uh, stories about some of the main characters. So It's very Randian. Uh, yeah, it is, yes. Yeah. I, I think you can... You know, I think there is a character and story arc to tell there. I just don't know how you tell that in a movie. And that's before you even try to capture the essence of Rapture and Big Daddies and Little Sisters and all the stuff that makes Bioshock really cool. I, I don't know how you capture that in this medium. I just, to your guys, I guess that's what you're saying. 
There's uh, no yeah. way you're not going to have big daddies and little sisters. So yeah. that's the story there. They're the icons. Yeah, but how I, do you uh, even make that look cool? And I don't know. I, I mean, I, I also have a million questions and, and I not a lot of faith in, in movie and TV to, to do a, really anything in gaming, despite their recent success with Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I don't think that really proves they've cracked the video game nut. Uh, and there's there's a lot more uh, buried bodies in the movie and, and TV industry when it comes to video games than there are successes. That That is for sure. Um, that said, and I have all the same problems with you guys, like if they try retelling Bioshock 1, Bioshock Infinite, it's going to be a disaster, 100%. But I think the only way that they succeed is they tell a completely different story that doesn't rely on the same stuff that it relies about. And the good thing about Bioshock is that there are infinite uh, there are infinite lighthouses. There are infinite possibilities. I'm sure one of those lighthouses has a story that can be told in the medium of movie or television. There, but uh, if they tr if they try relying on the stuff that's in the game and or telling one of those stories, it's going to be a nightmare, like without a doubt. There's no way you can tell those stories. So I, I'm interested to see what they do, but I am super nervous about that. But also, I have no stake in this game. M movies and TV bore me, to be honest. So I yeah, there is. There is no way that the start of this movie isn't there's there's always a lighthouse and zooming in and, and leading us into rapture. There's no you're, way you're probably 100 percent right on that. All that yeah. stuff. This but is you, one you of the possibilities, do... you know. Here's yeah. the thing. I, I mean, I'd love to see it done well, to your point. It probably won't be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if a lot of these companies, Netflix, Paramount Plus, they're doing these long form movies in like one hour increments halo is going to be the kind of the same way series, so they're, I mean. series yeah well i mean but it's really a long form movie it's just told in episodic that's what they sure. call that, that's what it's been called i've heard so, it called like a episodic. long form movie so yeah but, I, I don't not to interrupt you dan but that was actually part of what held up halo's production for so long is originally they were going to do a halo movie that right. was what three three was going to do and what they basically determined is that they couldn't tell a proper arc right. of a story in a movie right and that's kind of what i'm asking about bioshock is halo has already been renewed for season two and apparently has a minimum of six seasons they're going to try and do it's crazy. so because, because you have so much lore and story arc you can work with there bioshock not as much but still wouldn't it make more sense, I guess, is what I'm asking, to do a Bioshock series to your point? Right, yeah, 100%. I mean, they, I, I think they can do it. Taylor Sheridan has done Yellowstone. He's done Mayor of Kingstown. Both of those shows are really movies that are, you know, it's just the way it's done. You can't do it like Halo. You know, so he did kind of did like, you know, the, the whole series. It's, it, it's, it's just, that's what he calls them anyway. They're called long-form movies. They're basically a series. I, I think you could do... I mean, The Witcher 3 or The Witcher on Netflix is a good example. It's a really well done, you know, but it's got a lot more source material. I would argue Bioshock Infinite has, or Bioshock has basically as much material as you want, you know, Black Mirror style or something, you know, where you can do boom, 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 like complete, like eight different stories that are completely unrelated that all, but all kind of circle back to this universe that you're doing oh, man. right I'm I'm like you, about that i like well, your idea you better could. than what we're likely to get i'll tell you yes that. Yeah, I, I, don't, say, I don't i don't think I, it's gonna the movie would suck i think tv fans i i enjoy tv too i enjoy what you're talking about in terms of serialized storytelling i, I do think that we are a little hard on what we've been able to achieve in two hours in a movie framework before you can have excellent mm -hmm. arcs with emotional sure. characterization. And we did that long before, 
you needed 10 solid hours to do these kinds sure. of things. So do I think the Bioshock story, some kind of fun adventure in Rapture that maybe isn't as unique as the game originally was, could you do that with just the environs? Yeah, I mean, I think an underwater city with those crazies walking around, if it's presented with high special effects and, and looking good, is going to be a success because the story almost doesn't matter if you can deliver on the imagery and the, and the visuals of that. Now, I have Netflix to me is hit and miss yeah. with whatever they wind up making there. Sometimes it looks cool. I really like their Lost in Space. Sometimes it looks like garbage. I don't, unfortunately, Dan, like their Witcher very much. Um, so, I mean, it's... It's hit and miss. That's yeah, funny because I, I, I love Witcher and I didn't like Lost in Space at all. <laughs> like both of them. But you know, yeah, I mean, but if you look at their movies, you know, I mean, a lot of them they're they're always like this is the you know they're starting to get nominated. You look at like the Irishman, but then you also get like that. What, what was it like the the red note? It sure you got Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's all Ryan right. Reynolds. I mean, it's now. it's all over the place. I, I just I just don't think it could be one movie. I it just couldn't be. I mean, I hopefully they get to that point just like Halo did, where they're just like, okay, this is we got to do it, a series. If it makes you feel better, if if it's if it's a movie and it, it's a hit for Netflix, it won't be one movie. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah, how they roll. Another one. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So Elon has a comment here. He says the biggest issue with video game movies is that movie producers and directors tend not to understand the heart of what gamers love from the franchise. Video game movies are rarely hits due to this. Well, I'd say yeah. that they can understand it. I think the biggest problem with video game movies is that they tend to do that four quadrant thing. Let's make it broader. Let's get people that didn't play that game in yeah. here. Let's get Tom Holland playing a over the hump <laughs> sex, be the sexy bartender, whatever it is that they got going on. You know, let's let's make it approachable for everybody. And very often, approachable for everybody means satisfying to nobody. Yeah, very true. Mm. Very yep. True. Well, I guess We're we'll good. see, guys. I don't have high hopes. I'm kind of like Travis, though. It's like I adore Bioshock, but at the same time, this will not change my love for the games, whatever it no. is, right? If it sucks, it's like Res the new Resident Evil movie. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard it's god awful. I'll watch it at some point, but it's not going to affect my love for the games. It, right? You know, it's yeah, just, um, it never will. I think I think video game uh, people are very used to tuning out movies and yeah. shows that are based on properties yeah. they love. So well, I loved Arcane. I mean, that's to me that's the biggest video game success we've seen. I've heard great things. I haven't watched. Yeah, it. I've heard that's great good. Uh, I mean, it has advantages of like they're not being a story. It's not an actual. They come from you know. It's not that kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that's kind of the main advantage of that is it could be whatever you want it to be. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like if you made an Overwatch uh, TV show or movie. Um, but yeah, like I, it's I a little bit. That's that's the other thing. The other news story this week was also TV related with uh, them showing Master Chief's face in the Halo show. And just just like the other one, I was like, you know what? It's not canon. It's a TV movie thing. Like as a Halo fan, I but, kind and of you don't know care. the actor. Like, yeah, we know what, what it looks like. You know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. so, that's another. I thought I, I, that I, I also agree with that decision. Like you can't not show somebody's face if they're the main character in a story. Like they tried that on uh, on you know the the Mandalorian, and they were like, yeah, we can't really do this. Like we have then to show went, his face at some point. Well, then they went back. That's Pedro complaining in the Mandalorian. Yeah. That's where you get all that. I, I'm upset that they don't show my face stuff. That's yeah, like, but right? I was upset as a viewer. I was like, I want to see his face. Like, you can't really connect with the really? person behind the helmet. Yeah, no. I wanted to see it. See, I thought Mandalorian works best when it's not showing Just Pedro watch Pascal. Game of Thrones. It's the same guy. You yeah. know, I mean, you know what his face I mean, I know what like. he looks like, but dude, the emotion <laughs> that see, looking in somebody's eyes helps you connect with them. If you can't see like their a, eyes, it's sort of that's a very, it's a, a human Fett. thing. Boba Fett yeah. was much worse because you saw his face all the time. 
Come yeah, on. that had a very different problem. I don't think the problem was his face. I don't, I don't think oh, seeing I don't, his eyes was the problem with that show. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Nice. Look, I, I think it could have been done with that. I, I saw that news too, and I said, oh, that's the wrong call. I really honestly did. Like, there's a reason I mean, why you never see his face in Halo. Um, but that's and, a video game thing, don't you think? They, like, and, and they've also shown his face in the movies, the animes, the comics. I mean, yep. it, it's, it's, it's one canon. of those like age-old Halo things that is kind of not really a thing. Well, I've never seen it in a game. Unless I'm forgetting it, they've never done it in the video games, right? Right. Uh, They did it. They showed showed half his face. They showed his face in four. They show his face in four when he's a kid. Yeah. Oh, I honestly remember when he's getting augmented, and they show his face Uh, at the very, the very beginning cutscene, Halo Four. They show his face like full on, but he's a kid. The rule is you can only see his face if you're a kid, or if he's if he's a kid, or if he if it's not in the video games. Those that has always been the Halo rule, and the, this is a movie, or this is a TV show, so you can see his face. It, it follows the rule. Yeah. Um, now it's funny, you know, we're talking about Bioshock and and doing justice to the IP. Uh, yeah, I I would be lying if I wasn't a little concerned about Halo. What they've shown so far looks great in terms of referencing core kind of Halo story elements and stuff but i am concerned of course well, that's the same uh, concern with like bioshock though so, to me and and this is just trailers halo looks cheap and oops. if if it looks if it looks it cheap, does it looks like, a like sci-fi if, if bioshock show. looks cheap then it's gonna fail because yep. what you've primarily got going for you is your environment and to me like i don't know uh, halo looks like Defiance, you remember you remember that video game show? Yeah, dude. It, you know what it reminds me of? Hogue? It reminds me of the Sci-Fi Channel uh, uh, TV shows with like the CGI that's not really like fully developed at a movie quality. That's what it reminded and me. And it's of. a trailer. It, it, you know, they got more time. I mean, who knows? But my initial reaction was, oh, I wish that looked a little bit better. <laughs> yep, I'm the same way. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, it's not okay. Hold on, it's not as bad as the CW. That's that's Yeah, some, somebody said CW. I think that's a little hard. Jupiter one one nine. Let's pump the brakes. No, no, I don't think it's. I wouldn't put it at CW level. I would put it oh, at like no. broadcast network level. I, I could Night, Nightfall. Nightfall was uh, was Nightfall CW was level. That yes, was CW. Yeah, was. The CGI in that was CW. I was like, <laughs> oof, that was really brutal. Oof. Oh man. All right. Uh, next major topic I want to talk to you guys about. I know, Hogue, you talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to have the broader conversation on it with Nintendo announcing this week that they're going to shut down the 3DS and Wii oh, yeah. U eShop uh, in March of next year, in 2023. So this should not really be hugely surprising to anyone. It's, you know, this whole conversation around how long do you continue to maintain infrastructure, which obviously has a cost to Nintendo, and just being a company, they're... Over time, they're not going to maintain that forever, right? But in the video game space, it's interesting because, you know, I always think about it like in the tech world when you're taking down old servers or repurposing hardware, which is what they're doing. Um, But in the video game space, what that really means, right, is that the accessibility to specific games and content is removed. Um, And I think that kind of ties into the larger conversation of game preservation, especially in the digital age, right? We're we're long past the age where uh, a couple million people had a cartridge that would work forever, theoretically, right? Uh, Now it's when you have a digital game and you go to download it, you have to connect to a server and download that game. And if you can't do that, you have no ability to get that game. And that's where we have conversations around like delisting and those things. So one, I was going to just ask if, if there's any, you know, you guys have any opinion on the 3DS and uh, Wii U stores being shut down. But two, really, the larger conversation is, and not that we're going to solve this problem today, but, you know, the conversation around 
in the digital age now with most gamers being digital, how do we continue to allow uh, gamers to be able to buy and access games from several generations uh, when there's a cost to the company and it's cost prohibitive? Is there, you know, what's the solution there? Yeah. So I'm a digital first gamer and I actually, I, I think that physical games are backwards and not, not. All right. All right. Game. All right. All right. Uh, I, I'm just, because I feel like this, this opinion is not really like shared as much. Like people who are physical gamers, like talk about it a lot and digital gamers generally don't talk about it because we're in the majority and I was everything's say, going our way. Becoming vegetarian. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's exactly. You're, you're, <laughs> digital is considered the norm. Physical it is. vegetarian. Yeah. That's a very good way to put it. So, and and I and I think it should be the norm because I, I think that it, it is better for consumers, generally speaking. But there is that problem of preservation. And that problem has existed in the physical world as well. I mean, you yeah. have the same issue with consoles and, and games no longer being manufactured. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, arcade games. You can't buy new ones. It has the same problem. But I think really the onus is on the game creator and the curator. And in this case, they are getting rid of the old way to access games without providing new ways to do it. And that's that's really the crux of the issue. Is that like you know when Xbox got rid of some of their old digital stores, they also had backwards compatibility, uh, saying, "But here's the way you can play most of your old games." We did lose some games in the. Uh, in the in the fold there though like the xbox connect games you can't play those on the series x and they just stopped ma manufacturing xbox one so you know i'm in a situation where if i wanted to play uh some of the there are there are a few gems in the connect library uh you, you know you can't play those anymore um so i i think uh the preservation really goes beyond digital in the way the way i think about it is that it's not just a digital problem uh, we, we, we have to come up with some sort of way to keep these games alive and accessible. Um, and I think, you know, platform holders owe part of that responsibility, um, probably game creators as well. But I, I don't really know what what the future looks like where games are safe. And also the other thing is versions of games. You were just talking about, Ains, uh, how you like physical games because it or maybe it was Hogue talking about how you buy Horizon Forbidden West and then you, you own it. And that isn't really true. Like they can update the game and then you don't have the version that you had before. And there's, you know, there's downloads and, and that sort of stuff. So games are kind of always changing. And then there's a the question of, could you ever go back and play Cyberpunk 2077, the year ago version, right? If you just wanted to play that for comparison. And so um, it's, it's sort of, it goes beyond just, I need a physical box of a game or I need to be able to own a game digitally and have it on a platform that I want or even uh, the version that you have. You know, if you wanted to, for, for whatever reason, play a game before they patched it and updated it, like, can you play Fortnite the first season it came out? Well, think of Destiny, of it? right? Yeah. Destiny is another great example. Destiny had a wild change in its ammo and how its weapons worked. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know, a year in, two years in? It was, it was a period after... That they oh, oh you're talking about they actually just recently did another wild sure, why not? i know which one you're talking about that was a year after it <laughs> but came they changed out. The and and so that was like well i i agreed with the change but if i didn't it's gone yep. I, <laughs> you can't you can't play it anymore and no i was i was speaking specifically to board games and how much i was enjoying like this card is never going to change talking about patches and versions and nerfing and buffing and all this stuff regardless because Something will change in Horizon Forbidden West. The javelin's too strong, and I'm enjoying it too much, and that can't happen. Rick needs to enjoy <laughs> it less. And so they'll come in, and they'll make the javelin weaker for whatever reason. Who knows? 
Um, and so I, I agree with you. I, I did a video on this. You could check it out in virtual reality, a little bit more on the law side of things about how a copyright holder has the right to do what Nintendo is doing. But I agree with you entirely that I think we should work on normalizing the fact that it should be looked down upon for you to just take your ball and go home and at least have something that you're considering, even if it isn't terribly useful to players at the time. You know, one of the things we do in kind of commercial software licenses is you say, okay, we're going to escrow this somewhere. If one of us goes under, if it's not, if, if something's going to happen to it, it's going to pop out and be public because we went under or something bad happened. So maybe if you had essentially these companies commit to some kind of, I would like to see third party certified escrow library arrangement that says this pops out or at, at bare minimum it's there and it will pop out sometime. So you're not worried about, you know, what do we see with Square Enix where we had so much trouble with remasters? Cause it's like, um, some guy had it in his garage and it burned down and we don't have any of the pre-rendered yeah. things anymore. It's, crazy. it's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. so they, you know, going through those steps. Yeah. So that's kind of a point, uh, a direction I was thinking, Hogue, um, is you, you kind of mentioned if I'm reading you correctly or, or, or understanding you properly is kind of have this third party. Everyone agrees to location where code or what have you would be stored for X. Yeah, basically. The right. The but, gaming vault. <laughs> sure. Um, but again, right. The problem you have here is that we're talking about hundreds of thousands of games with billions and billions of lines of code and everything that goes around assets, right? You have assets that yeah, take up. No, no. And that, that's the point, I think. And that's why these companies do this is that requires infrastructure and that infrastructure needs to be maintained at a cost. And that cost can actually go up uh, year over year, right? Because well, of you just... have to access it. I mean, like, so, so what you see with Nintendo happening mostly is that they've got what I would argue is access points to the public, financial information changing hands, the legal ramifications of acting as either a financial transaction authority or, depending on if you have a wallet in those certain circumstances, actually acting in certain bank regulations, getting out of that business. They're still allowing re-downloads and things, so they're actually maintaining that access to the software itself. And what I'm talking about with an escrow, you could zip it to within an inch of its life. It doesn't have to be out at all. It's just an archive that can rebuilt, be rebuilt if it needs to. It's, you know, it's a, it's a mountain vault uh, and it's escrowed and you know it can pop out. I mean, I would also see things change legally. I would, the copyright term is too long and I would see these things kind of shorten, especially with respect to entertainment media versus things that are of uh, critical infrastructure importance. Disney. That, that kind of thing. And that's, <laughs> yes, that's the mouse that did this. The if, Mickey Mouse man, familiar with he, it, he killed it. It's, yeah. it's, it was much shorter copyright time period. And every single time that Disney was going to get in trouble, they went and lobbied and had it extended. So, I mean, that's part of this story. The other part, however, and this is where I get in the negative comments and everything else, is that there's a reason that copyright is called copyright. They are the creators of this stuff. They have the right to do what they want with it. And we don't have to understand it. So when the commenters come in and say, well, if they don't make it available, that gives me a right to pirate or whatever. It's like, well, here's the thing. We know that Nintendo occasionally re-releases stuff and you don't have to love it, but they are given that legal right because we want to have people create things. We want people to be able to control the things they create. And if you think about it the other way, if it's not Microsoft or PlayStation or Nintendo or whatever evil corporation you want to frame in those terms, and you think about it as your favorite YouTuber, maybe a seasoned gaming podcast, we need to have the right to control this stuff because that's important to the actual act of creation. And 
if for whatever reason it made sense for us to vault to this podcast and put it back out for you later because that made some amount of sense, the folks that actually create it have to have the right to do that. And yeah. we see that Nintendo can control that market. We see them re-release stuff. We see that sometimes these companies are embarrassed about what's out there. They don't like it. We see Disney, as much as we might not like it as preservationists, going and hiding movies that they made in the in the early 40s and 50s and 60s and saying, nope, mm -mm, nope, that's not us. Yep. We didn't, what are you talking about? We didn't yep. do that. And historians get mad about that. I, I personally get mad about that. But I, there's value in that to the actual creator of the materials. So I, it's, it's difficult for me other than normalizing. You hear me say normalizing. I don't want there to be a law. I want creators to be able to control what they make because there are so many more than that are just Nintendo or Xbox or PlayStation out there. But... I think that we should normalize. You guys should have a plan. You guys shouldn't have a fact that essentially treats us as morons when you say, oh, you're good. Buy our expansion pass. We got your back. Uh -uh. All right. Okay. Hold on. Tell us how this is going to survive uh, into the future. Tell us how when that copyright expires, that's going to be made available to people. So tell, perfect. Us, tell us that story. Perfect. I segue, also feel like, yeah. Example. The DE said is imagine a media molecule, PlayStation, obviously. Uh, shut down dreams. So dreams is this uh, game creation suite, right? That's been out for several years now. And it's gotten, there's some people who are very dedicated and have created some truly, truly impressive games with that suite. Um, what happens if next year Sony says, yeah, we're, we're shutting down dreams and goodbye. Yeah. I, th I think that happened, happened with the uh, yes. Xbox's Spark, remember? It was yes, the same thing. Exactly right. Spark. Spark. Taken away. I hadn't remembered Spark until. Yeah, I know. Nobody did. But it, but there but just like Dreams, there was also <laughs> another community, a sub community that was super into that game and building things just like Roblox. And, and that game doesn't exist Roblox. anymore. Another I, I got to tell you, I can't recommend practically or legally building your livelihood or your dreams in another's proprietary software. Insane. Uh, that's, Roblox, uh, Roblox is a nightmare. I, I looked into that recently and was like, wow, this is a den of vipers I, I, in this. I can't this, recommend uh, it. No, because yeah. you put it in your, I mean, I, hell, I feel bad enough operating on YouTube where you're constantly like, hmm, well, they could just bust down on the channel if I say X, Y, yep. or Z. And yep. so it, it's, it's very difficult. I had a good conversation with Jez over at Windows Central about that when we talked about yeah. YouTube. Basically, you know, the, the point he made, if you take it to its most extreme, is if you are a content creator, that that's your livelihood, right, on YouTube or videos or what have you, your channel, that Google literally can, you know, just they can snap their fingers and crush you. Because between Google search engine and YouTube, of course, they own both, you can be done. You could disappear in a blink of an yeah. eye. Um, yeah. And it's just it's wild to really kind Remember of. Remember that, Ains. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, well you to have put to it build out your portfolio, just like if you were holding stock, you have to try to figure out how to protect against that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know when this will happen, but I'm currently working on a virtual legality as a separate website with its own servers and things yeah, like that that you can sense. control. Um, but that's, you know, that'll be an expense, but it's bigger than I thought it would be. And, and I think people should always be evaluating what happens if they shut it down. What happens if they shut me down and how will I feel about that? Because as I say, on my channel, virtually every terms of service says some variant of, eh, if we feel cold this morning, we can take your stuff down. Uh, yeah. Once, so, uh, once 
YouTube rebrands uh, talking crap on the Stadia as hate speech. Your channel's <laughs> going down, Pope. Your channel's going down. This channel's going down. We're all... I, 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 but I level with you. For those who do YouTube that don't do this as kind of content creation, if I put the word YouTube in the title to my video, it gets depressed. Like you can wow. actually see it depress the, the viewership that it goes out to. It That's does awesome. not like me talking about it. So every Good time job, you YouTube. see that, understand Flex. that. I'm just like, screw it. We got to talk about you. It's their platform, Hoke. It's they yeah. have the right to. Yeah, they do. Whatever. I'm not yeah, begrudging them the right. I'm just pointing out that it's. Uh, you know, it do, it is bad. Yeah, I, I think uh, that, like to your point, Hoke. Like creators have the have the right to do whatever they want, but yeah. I also think the consumers of content have a certain. They sh- maybe they don't have a right actually, but they kind of should have a right to uh, access the things that they bought in the state that they bought them. And this isn't just a video game problem. I mean, they, they took down episodes of different TV shows because uh, they contain yes. blackface, which if you, if you are a fan of, of comedy that, that sometimes has, uh, has topics that make people feel uncomfortable, you lost content there. Like you, you can't access it unless you go and you buy a Blu-ray and get a physical copy of it, but it still kind of speaks to preservation and, historical revisionism in the in the case of the tv shows that they changed and all all these topics that i think are things that we don't really have rules for yet and we ought to like we really really ought to yeah yeah the most important thing to understand is when you buy something digitally you're not buying the underlying asset you're buying a license to it you're also i mean that's true of physical stuff too you're also just buying the asset it's just on a disc it's still just a license though it is but if it's not connected to the internet and they can't get to it it doesn't matter quite as much well video games they always connect to the internet putting your cd in your disc man from good old 1994 you got your mariah carey right there untouched from the time that you were were listening to it all through eighth grade yeah but my my point is when it comes to video games you do not get that on when you buy a video game physically it's it's a license and you have to connect it to the internet that's what I get because so, that's how you download the game. Yeah. Absolutely, and they're mostly down downloading whatever data is even on that disc into their into their hard drive. That's why I, I get so amused. I got a number of comments that are like, "Well, you can't buy Horizon digitally. You can buy it on disc." I, I have too little space on my hard drive. I was like, "No, nope, you have to install it." Do, bro. do you understand how this is going to work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting problem. Right. Uh, that that kind of will be solved for in some way, I suppose, over time. But yeah, we can only hope. I mean, I think the Copyright Act deserves reform. I think normalizing certain aspects of the actual relationship deserves it. And I will say this. I mean, you hear me say negative things and uh, you get concerned about what I say about Nintendo's rights and things like this. People have power. People have power. You can see it all over the place. You can see these companies changing tax quickly with things that are important to people. I think the problem with the preservationists right now is that in all honesty, the market as a whole doesn't care about it as much as they do. Um, so yeah, the, the, the first true. step is convincing the market. Um, and and that that can happen. Uh, yeah. But right now, I people get upset. And I, I want to tell them it's because they're not getting that much pressure on any of this stuff. So yeah. until that happens, it's not going to change. I just feel like, I, to your point, like the the whole Mickey Mouse thing, the the copyright extension the that just keeps going on because uh, Disney doesn't want uh, Mickey Mouse to be under public domain. Uh, I I think that at some point that that model has got to give, and I think this this generation is going to see that happen because, it, to me, the thing to your point, Hoke, like creators should have the right, but mm-hmm. should Bioware have the right for Mass Effect to always be? under their copyright, even after all the people who originally created that property are dead, right? Like when they're all gone, like, should they still have the right as an organization? And that's where I think 
there's probably some opportunity to get into the, well, you know, once, once the people aren't alive anymore, it kind of probably should be, you the know, law says they or, never owned it, Travis. I'm sorry to say, I know it, so. because they work for an organization. I got that was you. always but, the but, entity's copyright, but yeah, we could, I think the right way is to shorten that year. To I shorten mean, it, I, I think make, make it, make it not make 95 it so years. 95 is too long. It is way too long. It's way too long. And then, it, because then it becomes something where the fans can take over the the role of preserving it if they have access to that sort of thing. Yeah, right. yeah, no, I think ninety five is too long, and I think that's absolutely a completely fair response. Um, and especially in digital, right? I've said this for a long time. The Copyright Act treats every piece of created content the same, whether it's a painting or a video game or what have you. Let Let's get in there and categorize because tech gets stale much faster. Yeah, so let's true. talk about a shorter time frame. Fifteen. That's true. Two generations of console. There's there's also a weird thing going on in games where IPs will sometimes get lost forever. Like yes. the, the yep. company that owned Condemned went out of business and then Condemned got bought by some This is dude. my no one lives forever fight. One day. One yeah. Day. <laughs> one day. But the, dude, Condemned, the guy who owns Condemned is just some dude on Twitter. And he's like, hey, because of some stuff, I own Condemned. What do you guys think I, I should do with it? He's like tweet, tweeting about it. And it's just like, what the hell's happening? Like, and how does that guy have a right to it? Just, just by the arbitrary, yeah. like, well, we're not the creator? sure. And, and the thing about a video game is it's a combined audio visual work, right? You see this with music licenses. You see this with various aspects of what's been built into that. We just saw, uh, I just did a video on uh, Marty O'Donnell is suing Microsoft for not paying royalties out on Halo because he licensed it in instead of making it for Bungie directly. And that, you know, that's a whole big thing. And, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think what I would like to see, so there's a concept, I think I might've mentioned it this in this space, but I do a lot of talking. So I apologize if I'm repeating myself is a clearinghouse of some kind. So in real property, right? We don't like to have pieces of land, not know who is, who's owning it in real property. You have a clearinghouse. You say, okay, um, we can't figure out what the proper chain of title is here. Uh, and so we're going to put it up. We're going to tell people that we're going to figure out who owns this and it, lay your claims now, Crusader Kings style. And if it doesn't come in, we're going to auction it off. I, you know, to me, it's like, if no one can figure out who owns No One Lives Forever. And because that means that no one will remaster No One Lives Forever, because as soon as it's a success, which it will be, because the game is fantastic, then everybody comes out of the woodwork who has an interest in it at all. Then it never gets made in the first place. Kill out well, that chilling effect. Let's put your money where your mouth is publishing assholes and let's clear this out. <laughs> Well, but we no, don't have no IP for that right forever either. Because the law is not built for a digital economy. It's not. Uh, <laughs> and the law is always at least 100 years uh, too late for anything. So it might be updated in the next 50 or so. <laughs> Solid no right IP there. lives forever, I think, is the takeaway from that. No, IP play for... no one lives forever. If you, can, if you can figure out how to get it operating on your computer, go nuts. Excellent uh, game. game. I never played it, but I remember it. Oh, great game. All right, fellas. Well, I think that is going to wrap us up for today. Just a couple things to shout out. We've got uh, we've got uh, new industry perspectives on the channel with uh, the founder of Xbox Era, John Clark. A conversation between me and him that I really enjoyed. Check that out. We have a new video up for uh, supporter and producer patrons. Uh, I sat down with Khalif Adams, the host of Spawn on Me, for a fantastic conversation about uh, several things, including uh, he he put a a final nail in the coffin of New York pizza being better than Chicago pizza. Dan, I just want to let you know we settled wow. that. Um, and of course, this week coming up, uh, after you get over the terrible takes on Horizon, I think, that we had today, uh, which will will revisit us or haunt us this week, I'm sure. It's um, measured, measured, thought out takes. Insightful yes. and detailed. Yes. <laughs> 
coming this week wants. of course have the release of Elden Ring, uh, one of the uh, most anticipated that comes games out this week, right? And uh, we will have a lot of coverage on it and an awful lot to say on it uh, next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, otherwise, guys, always a pleasure. Please, um, like I said, give us a like, give us a sub, give us a review if you're enjoying the, the content and let us know. We love comments as well and we respond to all of them. So, Travis, where can people find you, man? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TyGuyTravis. And uh, this past couple of weeks, I've created a ton of content for IGN. My most recent uh, reviews are up for Crossfire X. I reviewed the multiplayer and the single player separately. I gave the single player a 3 out of 10, which is awful. And I gave the multiplayer a 2 out of 10, which is painful. So all in all, great week for me reviewing games. Um, 50% uh, better for the single player, though. That's an endorsement. 50% better for the single player. I, the single player is is like noticeably better. Like I was, I did the single player review first, and I told Dan like 3. And then he was like, all right, well good luck with multiplayer. I was like, yeah, it's significantly worse. And he was like, Oh God. Oh boy. Yeah. It is significantly worse. So um, yeah. If you were thinking about playing Crossfire X, I do not recommend it. Uh, even, even at free, the price you pay is too high uh, for playing that game. Uh, so yeah, move on to something else. Don't play. Your those. time matters. Your you time matter. matters. Your time is your greatest currency and you should not waste it on Crossfire. That's all I got to say. Hmm. Excellent. Hoke. Yes, you can find all my hot takes on Horizon and various other games that you enjoyed and I did not at the Hoglaw <laughs> YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Hoglaw, H-O-E-G-L-A-W. You can also find such takes if you'd like to direct them towards me on Twitter. I'm getting a lot of direct messages for pointing out that Sony priced Horizon differently depending on where you were looking at it. Uh, so please do add your comments to my uh, social media streams at your discretion. Otherwise, I had a great time on the chat. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you guys yes. funny <laughs> opms in the chat he said if you add single player multiplayer of crossfire together you still have a bad score <laughs> yep yeah it's true actually it's funny i'm reviewing destiny the witch queen next and somebody was commenting you know if you combine all three of the of the past reviews travis has done it equals like a good score like there's a pretty good chance that if i review destiny and it's a really good game that it'll it'll be a greater number than my past three reviews combined <laughs> yeah so, well, what was going to ask who you offended at ign I, uh, I, I, I honestly, so this was accidental. Like, uh, the, you know, it's not like they know that the games are going to be bad necessarily, but Crossfire X, they told us we were going to get codes and then we didn't. And that week when they were saying, oh, we're going to get codes. And then they gave it to us on the day the game came out. That's when we all knew the game was going to be bad because that's like a classic publisher move is like, don't give out review copies until the game's already out, but, but keep saying you're going to just, to they're in the mail. They are yeah, in the digital the mail. mail. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. As soon as that happened, I was like, this game's going to be real bad. Yep. Yeah. And it was. And it was. So we've got, uh, yeah, we'll be talking Witch Queen next week too. Big show next week. Witch Queen nailed Yes. Me. I am playing it from Tuesday, March 5th. I'm, I'm playing that game for like 12 days straight for the review. So it's going to be lots of that. And then I, I might not even get to Elden Ring. So unfortunately, I might have is to. Is that sit Destiny's out. release date? So Elden Ring is—is is it Friday next oh, week? Destiny. And then Destiny is and, and Destiny is the twenty-second Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, this okay. yeah, and Elden Ring is Friday. Yep. Yeah, so I'm uh, going to try to get some time in with Elden Ring just so I can talk about it on this show. But realistically, I'm, I might not have time just because I'm—I'm I'm reviewing that game. I got to play it. You got you covered. I got yeah. you covered. All right, Dan. Anything to shout out before we head out? Yeah, follow these guys all three of them, before you even think about following me. I'm not even going to give you my Twitter handle. Yep. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. 
Oh, Whatever. damn it. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Thank you. As always. You've been awesome today. Thank you so much. Thanks to all of you who listen to us later on as well. As always, the Big Cast, your weekly show covering all things Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC with weekly and technical insight. And now legal. I need to add legal to that word. Oh, legal. Yeah, insight. business and law. Virtually got Right? Just not legal advice. Oh, God. Yes. None, <laughs> none of this is legal advice. Everything I say is legal advice. Everything. You can bring the bar complaints to Travis. There you go. All right, guys. Have a good week. We will talk. Big show next week. We'll see you then. Peace.